pot of gold. Good morning, and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that at this point is just to spread it around. Share a link, tell a friend, talk about it on the internet, talk about it in real life. Get the word out that it exists, really, and try to spread it around. The more people who listen to it, the more it will improve the chances of the show being able to sustain. Because the algorithm sees that people are liking it, and it'll spread it around to more people. So that's how you can help. Leave reviews. Five stars really help. Any of that. All that and any of that. So thank you guys. I love you and appreciate it a lot. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to contact us, hit us up on Twitter at Ramble River Pod, on Instagram at Ramble by the River, and on Facebook at Ramble by the River, or search for Jeff Nesbitt. It is a good time to be alive. Beautiful day, sun's shining, birds are chirping. I hope it's as beautiful where you are as it is here. It has been an exciting couple weeks here on Ramble by the River. We have Lindy Swain this week from Dylan's Cottage Bakery, one of my very favorite places. That's going to be a good one. I've been looking forward to that. If you're interested in appearing as a guest on Ramble by the River, or if you just know somebody who you just know would be a fantastic guest, who you've got to have on the show, reach out. The email for the show is in the show notes, and you can also hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, any of those messenger services, and we'll talk. I do not have any kind of strict requirements for guests. It really just has to be somebody who I think is going to be a good guest. I guess that's the only way to put it. I I don't know how I would really describe it. Somebody who has a good flow in their conversation, somebody who has good stories, and somebody who's willing to talk about themselves. I don't want anybody in here who's going to clam up. That's tough. Man, it's real tough. So if you're interested, give me a call, give me a text, give me an email, whatever you got, and we'll uh, we'll set it up. I think it'll be great. You'd be great. Check it out. We had Lindy Swain on the podcast on Sunday. And the whole reason I'm doing this podcast is is to kind of get it get into it, you know, get into the messier parts of life, dig in. I wanna I wanna figure out how to be the best person. I wanna figure out how to be the the best version of myself I can be. And part of that is understanding other people's journey, understanding other people's pain. The most important part of being a good interviewer is being able to get inside other people's heads. And sometimes it's a fun place to be, but you never know. Quite often there's tragedy in there and it's fresh in this one it's close to the surface and a few times we touched a nerve i'm trying to create something cool out of what i find i'm not trying to have some preconceived notion of what it's going to be sometimes it gets me into situations where i don't always know how to react to what's coming you know i don't always know what the right thing to say is or what the right question to ask is and i just got to move through it in this episode you'll hear my skills as an interviewer tested I put a lot of pressure on myself for this interview, not only because it's the Cottage Bakery, you know, that's my jam. I love the Cottage Bakery, and I always have, and I always will. Whether it's healthy or not, I have an emotional attachment to food, especially sweet food, sugary food, delicious food. And the Cottage Bakery has been a major contributor to that. Sorry, it's true, and I don't hold it against them, because I love it. I love donuts. I love donuts and pastries. And cookies, for that matter. You know, don't even get me started on pies and cakes. Oh, yeah, or like those, uh, like, cookie brownies. The ones that's like a brownie with cookies in it. Or brownie cookies, for that matter. Cookies that are made out of brownies. Oh, God, those are so good. Or, like, I mean, there are so many. Wait, what were we talking about? 
I've always loved the bakery, and as sad as I'm now realizing it is, my sweet tooth is almost part of my identity. It feels like part of who I am. And I do plan on eventually cutting sugar out of my diet for good, if not for just a really long time. So that's hopefully, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I do connect strongly to that place and now also to the people who own it. The bakery is owned through a partnership between Jeff and Casey Harrell and Mark and Lindy Swain. Casey and Lindy are sisters. You'll get the story during the interview, but Jeff and Casey Harrell own the local chain of pharmacies. They're one of those families that you just see everywhere. They're very involved in the community. They volunteer. They're, they're just really good people. They're very dug in here, and they've helped to build up this community. I've seen them around forever. Jeff is like eight feet tall, redhead, big, loud voice. He's to be honest, he's fucking intimidating. I, I, I want him to like me, but at the same time, I don't want to, you know, get too close to him in case he wants to eat me. But super intelligent, really kind, very nice. He's a person you notice. Jeff's wife, Casey, is also a pharmacist. She's a little more soft-spoken than Jeff, but she's also really intelligent, really kind, very involved. Just, they're a power couple. I eventually want to have both of them on the podcast, so hopefully that will happen in the future. I wanted to provide some context about Jeff and Casey just because it'll give it a little bit of background for the interview, especially if you're not from around this area and you don't already know these people, which hopefully a lot of you don't. Hopefully we got a lot of strangers listening. And anyway, so when I first met Lindy and her husband Mark, they had just recently moved down to help with Jeff and Casey. And the four of them ended up buying a bakery. So before I ruin any more of the story give away all of the twists and turns. I will just let you hear it from Lindy herself. So without further ado, Lindy Swain. I'm still fly, I'm still fly, let's go. It could all be worse, I could be a hater like you. It could all be worse. to make the man, but that poison's gonna chew you. Chest now, say it with your chest I'm now. Young, I'm free, can't nobody take me here and now. It's my time to run it out. It's my time, it's my time, it's my time to ride it. I'm young, I'm free, can't nobody take me. Okay, and that should be working. Okay. Let's see. What's, yeah, it's odd to hear myself as I'm talking. Yeah. Well, usually to break the ice, I just have you do a dramatic reading. I've prepared a few options. Excellent. Um, so you'll warm up real quick. There we go. A little opera. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll just we'll just dive right in. I've kept it pretty open. Uh, we're we're just gonna talk for a couple hours, and it's uh, it's best if you just let it flow naturally, like. If you hit a vein of some conversation topic that you're excited about, definitely follow it, even if it's off topic. Okay. That's not a problem at all. Um, if you got to pee, 
we can take a break. If, you, if you're if you're uncomfortable with something, we can take a break. It's very loose, so just okay. don't don't be stressed. And okay. uh, you know, if we want to have a donut while we <laughs> talk, that's fine too. And you're probably sick of them, though, huh? You would think, yeah. How how often do you eat them? Um, you know, that's a good question. The actual donuts, mm, not too often anymore. Initially, a lot, and then mm-hmm. I did find out that like eating apple fritters on a regular basis kind of makes me feel sick. Sugar, <laughs> so, sugar. Yeah, I like, I've nah, cut back. No, I'm, I'm good. Especially on the fried stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I've moved more like the cookies and um, I've recently been exploring the danishes a little more, which hasn't been my favorite. But Those white chocolate cranberry scones. I they, brought you that's one. That's what's been getting me. I love them. They're so yeah. good. I never – I didn't used to be a scone guy. Seemed kind of like an unfinished donut. <laughs> um, but it, they're great. I, I love them. It's just age, I guess, getting older, starting to eat the old people foods. And that's kind of what I've thought of like the danishes as, you know, mm-hmm. but um, – yeah, one of my best friends loves them, so I kind of make fun of her for that. But yeah, no, they're, they're good. good. They are good. There's actually some stuff in your cases though that I've still never tried. Like uh, I just for the first time ever had a Sailor Jack. Oh yeah. Because Amelia wanted to try one. That's um, one of the great. most popular items. Yeah, and I used or there's a few of them like the the roll things, a uh, floret. Florist Florentina. Something. Florentina. Those are big. Yeah, I've never had one of those. They they I look. Should have brought you some they're, of this stuff. They're fancy. They look the very. I'm a maple bar, apple fritter, like old fashioned donut. Yeah, guy. the classics. Yeah, the classics. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going over my checklist in my head. Okay. Um, just to make sure I don't <laughs> get halfway through and be like, oh shoot, I didn't tell her about that. Okay. Um, but there's really not much. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's about it though. Um, are there any topics that you do not want to talk about that you just like don't even ask me about that stuff? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, okay. I, I'm not one to like get into politics too much and stuff. Perfect. But, yeah. Well, people who are real into politics are not that fun to talk to about True. politics. True. They already know what they believe. Yeah. And so if you don't believe it, you're an idiot. And if you agree, then you're suddenly in the club. And that feels kind of weird to me. I don't I don't like that feeling. Um, so, yeah. If we do get into politics, which we probably won't because that shit's boring. I don't, we have donuts uh, to yeah, talk about. Exactly. It's much happier. <laughs> <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Ramble by the River. I'm joined today in the studio by Lindy Swain. She brought me a box of donuts and hopefully some great stories about where those donuts came from and how she got involved. Lindy, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's great to have you here. Um First of all, you're the only Lindy I've ever met in my life. I'm sure you've gotten this a lot. Yes. There's not what, many of us. What is that? Is that short for Lindifer? No. <laughs> nope. It's, it's just Lindy. Just yep. Lindy. I don't actually know where my parents came up with that one. Mm-hmm. I know lots of Lindsays. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is what always pops in my head. I want to call you Lindsay. Yeah. Lindsay yeah. and Wendy is the other one I get Wendy. on the phone a lot because they okay. don't hear the L, so they mm-hmm. just hear Wendy. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, people call. People think I say I'm Jess, like yeah. Jess Nesbitt. So I get that. Yeah. My name's actually Stanton, though. You probably didn't know that. I, I did not know that. Yeah. The Stanton Jeffrey Nesbitt the third is That's my name. very distinguished. That's my name. Wow. So, yeah. I get anxiety about people's names. Until I know them very well, I usually will just call them buddy or guy or man or, uh, you know, if it's a woman, something similar, but for that gender. It took me a while, you know, we're fairly new here, and so figuring out, like, the lines of families here, and um, I know Don Nisbet, the artist, uh-huh. uh, for a while I didn't realize, you know, I thought maybe you guys were related, now I realize there's different spellings and things. And- yeah, there's a teacher, my daughter's teacher actually is another Nesbitt that's over in another town, but um, swaps the vowels same okay. way, yeah. I've heard that it's all the same clan, like, if you go back far enough, they all 
one family most likely came over. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything to back that up, but there's a Nesbit slash Nisbet society on the internet that okay. I, I'm a member of, and they all kind of think of them as the same clan. I have a tattoo of the clan crest. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got That's that when cool. I was like 18. It's a terrible tattoo. <laughs> I wish it was better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll have it redone someday. And then, yeah, it's supposed to have a boar that's like kind of postured up and tough. It, it looks a little rhino-esque. It's like he, she put him in a posture where he's like kind of bowing in a kind of a cute curtsy. I, I don't care for it. I was <laughs> I was too insecure to tell her like, no, that's not, a, that's not at all what I wanted. But See, you know. now you're older and you can... That's why Advocate. they tell you. That's why they tell you to wait. Yeah. Until you're mature enough to make a decision like that. <laughs> I actually never even think about it. I don't regret it. It's it's fine. But yeah. Do you have any tattoos? I do. Yeah. I do have a tattoo that I probably regret as well. You said so. that with some regret in your yeah, voice. Yeah. Yeah. What you is know? it? It's just. It's sort of. Um, it's a symbol of Florence, Italy, and mm. it's on my back. And yeah, I probably I wouldn't do it again. But where on your back? It's on my lower back. You got the tramps. Yeah, I kind of copied both of my sisters on that. And three uh, yeah. wood sisters all have three them? wood sisters all have them. That's I know. A great it's kind detail. of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fit the Wait. profile, so it it makes it okay for some reason. You yeah, know, pharmacists are going to start popping up with tramp stamps all the way across the country. It's it's going to be the new norm. Yes. You just watch. Yes. So, yeah. There's Why Florence, Italy? Um, you know, when I was 16, I studied abroad. I was doing Running Start, and I did a quarter abroad in Italy, and I just what was really that, like, like that. two years ago? How old are you? <laughs> I'm 35. Oh. You, I thought you were younger than me for some reason. How old are you? 32. Oh, wow. I know. See, yeah. I was wrong. That never happens. Maybe it's my immaturity. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll find. You don't seem that immature to me, though. No. I've heard, if anything, I tend to have an older soul. So Those are usually the people who consider themselves boring, but they end up being interesting. I, oh, that's oh. the kind of people I like to talk to. Yeah, that's why I was like, I don't know if you want me on this um That's why I was show. trying to convince you. Like, you're probably, yeah, you're probably going to be a better guest than you think. It's, I don't know. I was probably your most reluctant guest. You would be surprised. <laughs> Nobody wants to be famous anymore. I guess <laughs> but, not. Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of no's. I've had a lot oh. of uh, no responses, which is is really not – I don't really take it personally, but yeah, – Yeah, that's kind of awkward. It is. I, it gets yeah, a little awkward. I would have said a flat no to you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. So let's get into it. Okay. Let's learn a little bit about you. Who Who is Lindy? Where did you come from? Yeah. Um, first of all, where did you grow up? Yeah. So um, everyone here kind of knows me as Casey's sister, Casey Harrell's sister. Um, we grew up in Kent, Washington, just a few hours north. Um, and then we have another sister, Jamie, who's uh, the middle sister. I'm the youngest. Casey's okay, the so oldest. You're the baby. Yeah, I'm the baby. Do you believe in that childhood order uh, you psychology know, stuff? I've read a book about birth order, and I do think to an extent, although like Casey's eight years older than me and then Jamie's five years older. So since there's such a separation, I kind of fall into like youngest slash older only because oh, yeah. of that. So yeah, I definitely have some characteristics of an older child, but um, but there's parts of me that fit the youngest template too. Uh, so five years. Yeah. that. So you were really like the baby baby. Yeah. So yeah. I always were... say I had like extra moms, like especially Casey being eight years older. Like once she could get her license, like it was game on. She was taking me shopping and stuff. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Are you guys pretty close? Yeah. We're all really close. And you have a 
podcast or is a it's a blog a yeah blog. no we're we're way too socially anxious to do a podcast with you can all come on this one <laughs> <laughs> um, um no it's we have like a blog slash you know like an instagram facebook page oh cool and it's what what's the topics that you guys are talking about and primarily it started you know with dylan uh casey's daughter you know getting sick and her cancer battle and just kind of chronicling that and then also um Jamie, the middle sister, she's dealt with a lot of endometriosis and infertility. And so it's kind of just all of our stories and how they mesh together. Mm -hmm. That sounds very hard to talk about. It is hard, but I think that's kind of why we wanted to do it is like that's yeah. the kind of stuff that should probably be normalized talking about. Absolutely. I immediately feel anxiety when you're talking about it to me. I would assume people don't want to talk about it because it's painful. So yeah. that automatically makes me want to be like, I just won't ask about it. It's just so damn painful. I, mm -hmm. I can't even fathom what your family went through during that whole thing. Yeah. In 2018, I had just had my third child. First one's a daughter and then two boys. And so when he was about three months old, we were living in Spokane. And that's when Dylan got diagnosed with DIPG, which is diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma. Um, <laughs> let's not. Let's wait. Let's wait. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm so sorry, Lindy. By the way, all this editorial control is 100% in your hands. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm, I'm so sorry. I... <laughs> no, I, I figured this was going to happen. And, you know, it's part of being uncomfortable and I'm... vulnerable. You're going to make me cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, our story tends to have that effect on people. Um, anyway, Dylan was diagnosed with a very rare brain cancer. And it is... Um, universally fatal. Uh, most kids survive seven months. Um, Dylan survived 20 months, so um, very much a fighter. And so um, Mark and I, my husband and I, decided to move here in uh, 2019, August 2019, we got here. So Dylan had been fighting cancer for a year. We got here, just wanted to be closer to family because it's a long haul driving back and forth uh, from yeah. Spokane to here. Um, and just made the decision that it was going to be better to be closer to family. Um, and then ultimately, Dylan did pass away on April 9th of 2020. I'm so sorry. Thank I, you. There's There's no words that can really do anything, but... I'm so sorry. Thank you. And yeah, and that's, you know, we've learned so much about grief and the whole process. And it is, it makes people very uncomfortable. Our society's not comfortable with death. So No. And I don't know where really that, that comes from culturally, but it is really noticeable. And especially when something like this hits a community, because your family is very well known and very beloved in the community. And so it, it was kind of something that affected... A much larger, just the effects were felt a lot by the whole community, it seemed like. Yeah. And it was just like, it really kind of brought the community together uh, around this this cause. And it and out of it came this foundation and, and just, I mean, my son still plays on Dylan's Warriors. Yeah. Uh, the baseball team. That, that, that was a big part of how, you know, Mark and I like decided to move. We'd always... We'd looked at Long Beach before um, and talked about moving, and at that time, the timing wasn't right. And then, you know, the community support and how much support Casey and Jeff and Mason and Dylan were given is phenomenal. And everything that's done now to remember Dylan is amazing. The the baseball team, the garden at the Long Beach Elementary, you know, that mm -hmm. that's so meaningful, and you, you wouldn't get that necessarily in another place. Yeah, it really is a, a special thing, and it just came out of such a tragedy, but... yeah. 
Yeah, uh, we don't have to just go dive right into the heavy stuff um, <laughs> that that came out kind of on accident, but it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it is Dylan's Cottage Bakery, so it, it is. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a that's a huge part of the that's story. A big part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Dylan is the focal point there. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, there's pictures on the wall, and mm-hmm. it's, so I I grew up loving the bakery. I I've always it's been like a very special place to me since I was a chubby little kid from Ocean Park. <laughs> Like, I love it. I've always loved it. And because the best part about it is you guys open at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, not that many businesses cater to people like me no. who wake up. <laughs> Insomniacs. Yeah. The early, I like, I wake up right before the sun comes up pretty much every day. Wow. And during the summer, that's, you know, four or five in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's, it's great. And um, I go and there's no line at the bakery. I get my breakfast. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. How often do you go in? Pretty often. Yeah. Like that's every couple of days. Mark has said he's seen you in there quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it's but it's so I've noticed it's been like that at least the last ten years. I've been going there a few times a week, and before that, I mean, always. I've I've never lived here and not gone there on a pretty regular basis, mm-hmm. and the. When I was in high school, even we would like stay up all night. My, me and my friends partying, or, or I remember one time we went and saw a midnight showing of like the new Star Wars movie when they were making those terrible sequels. <laughs> um, they make a lot of those now, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then we stayed up and had to s- just make it to four because the bakery <laughs> would be open and we'd ha- have some place to go. Um, and we went in there and uh, all my friends fell asleep and I, I was sitting there eating a maple bar and <laughs> my friends were all asleep in the booth. But I have a lot of memories of that place just just over the course of my life. And I know that a lot of other people do, too. It's it's a really special little part of the community. Yeah, it's super iconic for exactly. Long Beach. Do you guys still get the old guys who come in every morning and yeah. drink their coffee? Yeah, COVID, you know, threw a wrench in a lot of that because there's been times where we couldn't have any eat-in service. Um, but now we have some of the tables back. And, yeah, we have some diehard 4 a.m. people that come in every morning. That's nice. Yeah. Do they buy a lot of stuff? Um, I don't know. I think it's, like I it. think it's mostly the cup of coffee uh-huh. um, with probably, a lot of refills. Yeah. It, what does a cup of coffee cost? Oh gosh, I think it's you know two dollars, two fifty, depending on what size you get, or yeah, if you get an espresso. Man, it's not fifty cents anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you know we we hear about it. You guys have seems like you've only made really positive changes. Thank you. You know that's the most feedback we get is that it it's positive, but you know we we definitely hear from some people that are not happy with things and um, curmudgeons. Yeah, and there's and now that we've like started more social media and stuff, it opens up an avenue, you know, yeah. for complaints. Too. Are you running that part? I do. Yeah. Let's get into some stuff about that. Okay. <laughs> I've been trying to learn more about how social media works and marketing and all of that stuff. I hate it. It's so hard. And it's a lot of work. It's time yeah. consuming. And it just the whole goal is to make it seem effortless. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is just just. Pop this post out. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just like got all these embedded links and all this stuff. It's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, do you use hashtags? I do. Not not as much as I should. You know, I tend to just kind of throw a comment on with a few of them at, uh-huh. where I know I could actually research the hashtags and probably do a lot better. But That's what I was going to say. Did you like pick your five to seven hashtags yeah. that you know are going to hit? Like, not really. I mean, I do like hashtag Dylan's Cottage Bakery on every post so that that way if someone clicks on the hashtag, they're hopefully going to see all of our posts, which yeah. you'd think they would just go to our account at that point. But um, Or that but, other people yeah, will hashtag that's it. that's definitely the way to go. 
Yeah, that's but other than that, them, yeah, that... I do like Long Beach Wa, you know, uh-huh. um, but so I don't you, have... you put a little thought into it. A little bit. Yeah. It's I... kind of like how motivated I am on the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Because it is a lot of work. It is. And and it's a it's like that com- – for me, it's a compulsion to like, okay, I should constantly check it to see if I need to get back to people. And that was how it was at first. And now I'm like, well, you know, this is not an emergency and they can really call the bakery if there's something they urgently need. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading this book right now called Social Media Marketing, I think. It's a really technical, technical in-depth analysis of how to use social media as a tool for advertising. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that it w- there was that much you could do. Like Facebook ads. You can yeah. tell them exactly who your market is and who's yeah. going to get the ads. And like you can send them an ad when they drive by your business, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, like if it you're is logged amazing. into your Facebook app. And even if you're not in the app, if you're somewhere else and you, you know, agree to the terms and conditions, you might get an ad for, you know, whatever, Fred Meyer or whatever store you just drove by. Or you might get an ad for one of their competitors because they hired mm-hmm. Facebook to say, do this when they drive by my competitor. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's amazing. pretty amazing. Yeah, same with like Yelp. You know, I took over our, our Yelp and I respond to the reviews and Yelp seems to be an avenue for a lot of negativity, but they're yeah. always calling us and wanting us to advertise so more people will find our business. And mm-hmm. like we're at a point where we don't need more people to find our business. We're doing okay. You know, we're too busy and don't have enough staff at the moment. So yeah, I heard you guys are shutting down a day, one day a week. Yeah, that was a tough decision because the bakery has always been that seven day a week kind of like staple in mm-hmm. the community. And we really didn't want to do that. But it's as you can see by every single sign on every business. Yeah. We need some more bodies. <laughs> yeah. It seems like there's a bit of a labor crisis going on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, people getting their tax returns, the unemployment, the, you know, the stimulus, all of that. But, um, and, you know, it's not like the food service is very high paying, but actually when you consider like the amount of tips that our employees get, I mean, they're, they're actually doing pretty well on well, an good. hourly basis. Yeah. That, that is true though. Like I saw a tweet the other day that said um it's an interesting way to say that your your jobs pay poverty wages to complain about the fact that you can't find any good employees because everyone would rather just make more off unemployment right i I, that was a jumbled way of saying it but yeah the point being maybe yeah I, i don't know maybe we've got a bigger problem if the government can just afford to fork out that much money to keep people, you know, satiated, basically. Right. And they're not getting rich off of it, but it's just making them to where they can be okay. Right. And it seems like a lot of people aren't, you know, looking forward to when that money does run out and wanting to, yeah, you know, wanting to actually work. And that's what – we have a really good team right now. And the last hires that we've made, we've really tried to hire people that are enthusiastic, really want to be there and work. Um, but sometimes it's a challenge to find people. Yeah, tell me about it. It's it's really hard. And that's what we used to – like if I would post a job on Facebook, um, right away we would get tons of applications. And now it's like crickets. That's so weird. And you think it's COVID-related? I, I guess. I don't know. I don't mm. know if there's more to it. I mean it seems to be the whole peninsula and elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I'm going to turn on the heater now because I am kind of cold. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I like your rug. Thank you. Costco special. Hey. I love Costco. So do I. 
I would go there every day and just walk around if I could. <laughs> Too bad they don't have samples anymore, right? I know. that. I really thought that was going to ruin Costco for me, but it didn't. No, no. And you know who I feel really bad for? The, the people who still have to do the sample cart, but they can't offer oh. it anymore. They just got to stand there and show it off. I feel terrible for those people. And when people walk up and still try to take it and they have to awkwardly tell them, no, nope, this is just nope, for this show. Is just to yeah. Tease you. Yeah. It's nice that they still employ those people, though. It is. I'm sure they're appreciative. Um, do you want to lose the headphones? Sure. <laughs> Thought yeah. you'd never ask. No. Let's lose the headphones. Okay. You tell me um, if I'm not in the right position. It seems like everything's okay. going really well. Um, yeah. So how did you get involved with the bakery? Yeah. So that's kind of a funny story. And that's where I think there's actually some serendipity involved. And I think that Dylan did have a hand in the whole thing. So Dylan passed away April 9th, 2020. And this was like all during like the heat of COVID, right? So at that time, you know, schools were shut down. We had our two boys who normally are in daycare home with us. We're trying to do this schedule of trying to work from home, having all the kids. And I just remember Casey sent me a text with a picture of the flyer that Bob and Judy had sent out. And it basically was like saying our time, you know, has come to close the bakery. Like it was a really nice fax that they'd sent out to all the businesses. And I Devastating. Think, yeah, yeah. And really like with no notice that I'd heard, at least. And I wasn't like a big bakery regular or anything. I mean, I went there sometimes for like my kids' birthdays or things. Kids but love it. Yeah, yeah. We weren't, I'm not like, Someone's I wasn't like you up. as, you know, going in as frequently, but I always appreciated the bakery and what a bakery means to a town. And that was Mark's big thing is that like, he remembers when he was a, kid, the bakery in Davenport, where he grew up outside of Spokane, closing down. And it was just a real loss to the the city because it's a gathering place. So Mark is your husband. Mark is my husband. Yeah. Bob and Judy are the former owners of Dylan's College Yes. Bakery, yes. Before Bob, it was Dylan's Yes. Bob and Judy, Andrew, um, had owned it for 46 years. So, I mean, this was like their child. And so this fax comes out. And I don't think there was like a specific conversation where we said like we need to buy this. But it was just like a, the four of us, uh, Casey and her husband, Jeff, and me and Mark all kind of just like we're like, oh, this can't happen. Like we, we don't want the bakery to shut down. And so Mark – said to Jeff, like, we should go in there and see what it's all about. And so Jeff had Judy's number, texted her. And like two days later, Jeff and Mark are going in at 2 a.m. and baking and learning it. And it I just happened. I remember first happened. started seeing them in there. <laughs> what are they doing back there? Yes. I think first at the, the beginning, it was like, you know, we weren't ready to officially announce that we were buying it yet. And so it was like, oh, we're just helping them out. And I was like, okay, there's this big, tall, redhead behind the counter. Like, yeah, something's not normal. No yeah. And everyone knows Jeff. So, yeah, it just it just really like happened. And everything fell into place. And it was – I don't even know if there's a specific conversation where it's like, you know, can we rename it? It was just like, yeah, we're going to rename it Dylan's Cottage Bakery. It just felt right. And mm -hmm. just all the pieces really fell into place. Dylan loved the bakery. Bob and Judy, when she was sick, they were amazing. They let her come in one morning and, like, you know, learn how to make donuts and stuff. So That's awesome. Yeah, they were super kind during the whole process. So mm -hmm. it just felt right, you know. And, I mean, we – I'm a pharmacist. Casey and Jeff are pharmacists and Mark's an occupational therapist. So talk about people that had no idea what we're doing. You know, we don't have restaurant yeah. experience. So, yeah, it's it's been a ride. That's for sure. So have you had a lot of obstacles or has it been pretty smooth? You know, um, we took over June 10th, which happens to be my birthday. So that was oh. like my birthday present last year. Bought a bakery. I think we had no idea what we were getting into. At that time, people really weren't traveling as much when we first took it over. It was slower. And so we really thought, man, like, I hope it comes back. It seemed yeah, kind of risky. Yeah, it at a really scary time. Yeah. And we were going into summer and it just seemed really dicey. Like, we... 
that was why the social media marketing started. Like, we need to get the word out, you know, and <laughs> it was crazy. Like, big, busiest summer on record. Um, I bet. Well, because before that, I mean, it was a cash-only business. Yeah. There was zero social media presence. Mm-hmm. And you came in there, and now you guys accept We take credit cards, payments, Apple Pay. The, yeah. We made a lot of changes in um, that way. You're active on social media pretty yeah. much every day. Mm-hmm. It's it's those. That's how you make money now. And that's, yeah. it's, I can see how that was really a huge improvement. Right. And then, you know, COVID and all of that, I think... For us and for most businesses or a lot of businesses down here, it in a lot of ways benefited us because people weren't flying. So they're all coming to the beach. Like Mm -hmm. what's a better place to socially distance than going to Long Beach? Rid of a couple of your horrible employees. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We Um, have had some transitions. um, I'll cut this. But there was this one lady with a bit. She had she worked there for years. It was fucking horrible. Who that is. (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. She was so rude to me on so many different occasions. That if I didn't love donuts so much, I would have stopped coming in. That's funny. I, I but, can't actually um, think of who that is. She but... disappeared a while back and, you know, it's been great. Well, that's what's happened is we had like a, a couple different phases of people leaving. And so um, we made so many changes and it was rough. And even the staff that has stayed with us through it and like we have a lot of employees that are new to us. But the staff that has stayed from Bob and Judy to us are like, we really appreciate them because we mm-hmm. put them through the ringer with a lot of changes. And there was definitely different waves of people leaving and not liking the changes we made. Well, good. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things where unfortunately change was needed, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially with COVID, people didn't want to be handling cash. There was a yeah. lot of things that needed to be yeah. updated. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that was one of the – I was so happy when you guys bought the place because it, it's been seriously a love-hate relationship with the place <laughs> until you bought it. Oh, good. Because I had a problem with the the, the flow of things in there. Um, even now, like the the fact that there's the, yes. the sandwich area yes. over here, the donut area over here, it's not ideal. No. <laughs> but it works so much better now because – the employees are smiling <laughs> and, and you can tell they're enjoying being there. It's it's not the way it used to be where it's, um, I mean, nothing against the old guard, but you yeah, know, it, it's just the vibe in there is bright and cheery and welcoming. Well, and, that's very um, good to hear. Yeah. And the flow of everything with the, the cash payments not being the only thing mm-hmm. it used to be, you'd wait in line. Every third person would be like, oh, you don't take, oh, and they'd have to go, <laughs> go to, to the, the ATM, ATM and just like. <laughs> It weren't. It went real slow. Um, yeah. But now it's 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 smooth. Yeah, and we just put in a third point of sale system too, like on the the bakery line. So oh, we're cool. trying to make it so that it will go faster because mm-hmm. at times it does back up quite a bit. But you're right. The flow with having to go to like the deli for sandwiches and the ba- it's tough. And we've played around with a lot of different scenarios on what we could do with that, but we haven't come up with anything yeah, solid. It, you don't really have a lot of options because it's. You couldn't make everybody go to one or the other because it would then it would bottleneck. Yeah. Either way, it's working. It seems like it's going really well. People seem happy in there. Good. We've tried really hard to cultivate that with the staff, with the culture, like trying to make it a positive place. And so I'm glad that it's showing. Lately on reviews that we've been getting, um, even when someone's been complaining about the product, they're saying the staff was really friendly. So I'm like, hey, that's a win. What would they have to complain about the product? What? What kind of complaints do you get? Oh, gosh. You would be amazed. Like anything. You know, Uh this was undercooked. The icing wasn't right on this. The puff dough wasn't puffed enough. Um, I mean, mean anything, Mm -hmm. truly. It's interesting what people will say or leave in messages. We've been called pieces of shit that ruined kids' birthday. Um, Wow. Yeah. It can get pretty nasty. Over cake. Yeah, over cake. And that's like a lot of it. It's like, how do people get so upset about donuts? But especially with COVID, like people are ready to crack on anything. So many different things. I know. It seems like the world is a powder keg just ready to blow. Mm-hmm. Everybody's everybody's very tense. Yeah. 
I, I don't like that. I, I'm, I hate feeling like that. When I'm feeling like that, I do whatever I can to try to relieve that somehow. <clears throat> CBD is, yes. a great, is a great thing for that. Thank God now it's widely accepted yes. in a, you know, legal. Your sister ha- has been involved in CBD stuff, right? Yeah. So Casey and Jeff, they actually own a CBD company. It's called White Coat CBD. So um, right. some of my pharmacy work, I do some work for them with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have a, a line that's really good. So sold you, at Peninsula Pharmacies. Yeah, I have, I've tried it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And um, I actually heard that they're changing the label, though. Is that correct? I believe they're going to a custom label. So right now it's just the generic white coat, but it, it's a product that's only sold to independent pharmacies. So, you know, you can't get it at Walgreens. It's only small independent pharmacies, and then you can private label that with that pharmacy's cool. logo. Oh, right on. So we just sell wholesale to different mm. pharmacies. And where do you guys get the hemp? You know, that's a good question. I don't know all of the background uh-huh. of it. Yeah, Jeff would be the person that's more involved in all of the sourcing and stuff. That's a pretty cool industry, the indus- yeah. industrial hemp. It's really interesting, too, because there's so much as far as contaminants and things. So to get a good product, you really mm-hmm. have to know what's in it. And that's what we do, like testing. We They do testing on mm-hmm. all of the products to make sure it's pure and doesn't have you know other stuff in it. Yeah, there's a crazy amount of potential contaminants exactly. in agriculture. So that that's probably smart since it's being used for medicine. Mm-hmm. Do you use CBD? I have, you know, I not on a consistent basis. Um, I probably should because I tend to be pretty anxious and it's things. It's pretty good. Yeah. It works well. Yeah. I know Casey uses it regularly and, you know, it's helped her. Their dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Their dog I is anxious. I love their dog. Yeah. Murphy. Murphy, yeah. Yeah. There's Murphy and then there's Gus, the new one. Um, I haven't met him. Oh, yeah. He's the little one that... Um, he got him in like I think February of 2020. Uh-huh. He's a puppy from the shelter. So, yeah. <clears throat> Do you guys have a dog? We just got a dog actually in February oh. of this year. Yeah, his name is Chowder, which is a little nod to the bakery too. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. how old are, are your kids? So, Penny, my oldest, is seven and a half, and then I have Oscar, who's four and a half, and Archer is almost three. Okay, sounds like a busy life. It is <laughs> very and busy. Now a dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There wasn't enough going on, so add a puppy in. Yeah, what kind of dog? He's a mini golden doodle. Oh my goodness, that sounds yeah. adorable. He's pretty cute. He's like a little teddy bear. How old? Um, he is about four months old now. Housebroken. We're working on it. That takes a long time if yeah. you're busy. It's yeah. When yeah. we're like really on it and take him out, he's fine. Yeah, but you know. And we forget. Yeah. Uh, my dog, Daisy, I got her when I was in a really transitional time in my life. So it was 2012. So I was just out of college and I was work back at my like summer job and I was working long days. And so my dad was taking care of her during the day. And then after that summer ended, I moved to Portland. I was in an apartment. It's just like never had the time where it's just like every day we have a routine. Yeah. We take the dog out to pee at the, these times. So she just peed in the house until she was about two. Oh. It was the worst. That's not encouraging no. me very much right now. <laughs> Everybody hated me. They still, I mean, they hated her too, but I, I took most of the brunt yeah. of that punishment. Um, deserved it. Deserved it because, you know, I didn't train the dog properly. But yeah, a, a 80-pound lab slash retriever, I mean, she leaves a puddle of piss the size yeah. of a jumbo pizza. Yeah. Like nobody likes to clean that up. It's that's terrible. That's why we opted for the mini version. Yeah. <laughs> I needed something a little smaller than than Casey and Jeff's dog, Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cool dog. I he's like, so I like nice. Fur. Yeah, he's that great. Dude, poodle fur is like yeah. hypoallergenic, right? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's what they say, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So as back to the bakery, we got a little yeah. off topic, but what's 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 your main gig there? Are you are you on the floor running running the staff? Are you doing the books? No, yeah. So I I do the social media. I um I'm kind of it took us a while to figure out, you know, everyone's role. We bought it and at the beginning Mark and Jeff were super involved and then um, you know, Jeff had to have his heart surgery in August and there was just a lot of stuff. Mark has, you know, his job. So we finally figured out all of the roles and I'm sort of the liaison between between our manager Katie and then us as the owner group. So I do I do payroll. I do like you know I calculate their tips. Um, I'm involved in hiring and some of the HR stuff. But Katie is our manager. Katie Witherby Alsup is our boots on the ground person. So she okay. pretty much runs the show there. Mm -hmm. um, and then Frank Fiorillo is our head baker, and he's been with the bakery like on and off for decades. So they are really like the two primary people there. Mm, okay. Yeah, one of my buddies when I was a kid, his dad was a baker there, and I remember him. We we could never talk in his house because you had to be super quiet because his dad oh, would go to bed sleeping. at like six p.m. Yes, um, but yeah, it's one of my earlier memories of the bakery was like knowing that they were in there making donuts in the middle of the night. Yes, I thought that was cool. It's like. Yeah. Wow, what a life. Yeah, they start at two a.m. Sometimes earlier, like um, if it's you know going to be. Fourth of July weekend, they'll come in mm -hmm. at one or twelve thirty. It's pretty crazy. That is crazy. So the, what if there's a slow day and you have a ton of extras? Yeah, we sell them day old. Sometimes if there's a ton of extras, we'll box them up and, you know, it'll be one of those where it's like take them around. Mm -hmm. We have some of the different places we can take them. Um, food bank's not really ideal, but like there's – They don't so, keep that well very Yeah, long. they don't yeah. keep very well. And then we have – and I thought this was a joke when we first started. There's a pig bucket. And I'm like, what is that? And Mark said, that's the, for the pigs. And I, I thought he was joking. But no, there are pig farmers that oh, will come and donuts. pick them up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's actually um, – I just remembered that. But my neighbors had pigs when I was a kid. Uh, and they would get big bags of donuts from the bakery <laughs> and give them to their pigs. Yeah. I forgot all about that. I think they eat anything. So <laughs> I'm still doing the pig buckets. Yep. Still doing a pig bucket. We have a big trash can for the pig. Hmm. That's yeah. cool. Let's talk more about the social media stuff. Okay. Is that like a major part of uh, like how you spend your time? Are you Do you try to invest a lot of it towards that? Yeah, yeah decent amounts. You know, it, it varies. Like recently when we're so busy, I, I back off a little bit because, you know, at times what Frank R. Baker is like, maybe you should do a little less on that because it's working too business. well. Yeah. yeah. And so um, at times I've slowed down and, you know, depending on how the summer is, I won't do a ton. But now people also expect it. And it's kind of cool because we have a little bit of a community on there. You yeah. know, there's like these bakery lovers and mm -hmm. a lot of them aren't necessarily in town, but they like to see what we're offering. And we have people that will message like, oh, what's the special board for the day? So I mm -hmm. try to put something out there. Yeah. So it, it can take a decent amount of time. I can get into messaging with people. Someone want a custom cake and I'm writing them back and stuff. It just depends. Do you ever have any ambitions of expanding as a brand? You know, we've talked about that, like, oh, you know, you expanding could. to different areas. Right now, we're just at capacity and bakers. It's so hard to find someone that yeah. does what they do. It's a specialized skill. Yeah, and it's not easy physically. Like, yeah, it's I a bet. very demanding job. The 2 a.m., like, it's tough. So we've been trying to look for additional bakers for almost a year now. Yeah, I bet that's kind of hard to find, especially because it's a very specific menu. Like, mm -hmm. they have to know how to make those donuts. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that come to us are, like, thinking, like, oh, boutique, bakery, you know, like, a small volume. And yeah. so what Katie and I have been telling people in interviews, it's, like, you pretend like you're going to be a baker at Costco. Like, uh -huh. it's, like, industrial level that the amount that we produce and just the the sheer volume and, like, array of products is yeah. really hard. It's it's impressive. I mean, what do you have, four cases out Yeah, front? we have those four cases and then the, the cake case. Um mm -hmm. 
and yeah, I guess three cases and then the cake case. Seems like you guys have upped your game on cakes. Thank you. I'm, you know, I appreciate you noticing that. That is something we've worked a lot on. And I should say Katie has worked a lot on and then trying to kind of improve the frosting and things and uh-huh. putting a lot more of butter into it rather than just a lot of shortening and things. Yeah. So we've worked really hard on the cakes. Yeah. Frosting is a, a make or break, especially for cupcakes. Mm-hmm. You got to have that really good frosting because otherwise, if, if you want to just scoop the, the frosting off, like a lot of like cheap cupcakes. Yep. Um, yeah. No. Wasted opportunity. Yep. It's got to be the star. <laughs> yeah. And my daughter still tells us that she uh, she thinks we still need some improvement on it. It's oh, funny. Yeah. yeah she eats Your daughter is adorable. Oh, um, <laughs> Yeah. And I've only, you know, got to chat with her a few times, but um, very precocious yes. little, little lady. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She has lots of opinions and thoughts. I can't remember what it was she said that was really funny. It'll come to me. Okay. But yeah, your kids seem like they've got a lot of personality. They do. Yeah. Which is, you know, a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. <especially laughs> They're not the young. easiest children, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Keep I think- pretty busy. Yeah. One of my- I think one of the only times that I've met you, aside from this, I believe one of my children was biting, Amelia. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to bring that yeah. up because I thought it was funny, but you were mortified. <laughs> it was, you know, we were like brand new in town and I didn't really know you guys. So you never know, like, am I dealing with a parent that's going to get really mad because like he has this beautiful little daughter and my son is biting her? Um, <laughs> or is I he was, cool? I was you confused because <laughs> it looked like he was going in for a kiss and then he just kind of yeah. started biting her. That's, that's my kids. You know, oh, you man. never know. Watch um, out for those hugs. <laughs> she was fine though. <laughs> she has gotten into this new phase where she's really been throwing a lot of punches, cool. um, mostly at me. I don't know where it comes from. I think she likes me, but she's just been violent lately and, she, and not in like a mean way. Yeah. But like she's having fun with it. I know that's how Oscar, especially our four and a half year old, like it, that's how his, he's like inviting you to play. Like yeah. he's like, come up, slug Mark in the face. And it's like yeah. game on, you know. Exactly. But um, yeah, I hate that when they do it. <laughs> I don't care for it either. But it's kind of cute because she's just like a little blonde adorable thing that's kind of violent she's she goes for my eyes though a lot which is is just that's dirty it's dirty fighting yeah it's no good yeah but yeah she's sure cute thank you i i am obsessed with how cute she is it's yes i enjoyed listening to the little clip where she was in here talking oh yeah (laughs) she kept calling me ma'am yeah (laughs) yeah her little voice Mm -hmm. i'm trying to get the kids recorded while i've got them young so Mm -hmm. i just someday when they're all grown up and busy with their lives and I can actually put together little clips of them as kids and remember what they sounded like. That would be neat. Little people's voices are so unique oh, and they yes. just, they change so quick. Mm-hmm. Amelia's voice is already different now than it was when I started the show, which was in December. Wow. So it's it's pretty bizarre how fast. Just the other day she was using words like difficult. My kids have learned some new vocabulary since we moved here oh, and yeah. they're called Uncle Jeff words. <laughs> And they're not supposed to say them. But. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How do you play that? Because the world is not set up anymore to censor oh. swear words from your children. Yeah. I think one of the best quotes that I've heard is like, when your kids are little, you can curate the world for your kids. Mm-hmm. But like your goal as a parent is to curate your kids for the world. And that's like success, right? And so I don't make it a big deal because obviously they're going to hear those words. But, you know, when my two-year-old is saying like, fuck you, mommy, it's like not the best thing. No, <laughs> it's, it's a little embarrassing. So, yeah, we... You know, we say they can, like, go to a closet if they need to get it off their chest or whatever, but yeah. I don't know. It's I, I, I'm i trying to tell them it's about context. Like, yeah. you got to, you know, know the room, know yeah. your audience. Yep. And, like, we, you know, Mark and I may use that language, but not, like, at people. You know, there's yeah. a difference between. Well, it's a very versatile set of 
you know, words, especially yes. fuck, you can use it for all kinds of stuff, yes. good and bad. Yes. It's, it's a very versatile word. One that I am quite fond of. I mean, yeah, so it's it has hard its not place. to use it. Yeah. I had to switch when I realized Amelia is starting to like say everything that I say. I had to stop using my normal vernacular. And like I say a lot of, uh, oh my goodness. Now, yes. That's one of my, <laughs> my go tos. That's my kids were just saying, oh my God. And I'm like, let's try, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or holy smokes. That's yeah, another oh, one that I say that one good. a lot too. And my four year old says that a lot now, which I think is really cute. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Little Dicky, the rapper? No. Uh, he's, uh, it's like comedy, sort of. He's a, a Jewish guy who raps, and he's okay. got this song about like saving the planet. And it, it, he's got features from like Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber and a whole bunch of stars. Kind of like, do you remember We Are the World? It was yeah. like a Lionel Richie thing in the mm-hmm. 80s. Yeah, it was like that, except for it's a cartoon and the everyone plays an animal. Okay. I'll, we'll go to a clip. Okay. But the, uh, my point, uh, Amelia loves this song and she watches the video and there it's it's pretty harmless, most of it. But the, there's one line where the pig says, I'm a fat fucking pig. <laughs> and she like it, it was invisible to her for 100 listens. And then one day she just picked it up. And now ever since then. I can't play the song anymore <laughs> because every time after she's just like, Dad, why is that pig talking about fucking again? And I I don't know what to tell her. But, mm-hmm. but And th- that's, that's actually what she said. I got it on film, actually. It was really funny. We'll go to another clip. What? That pig said fucking. What pig? The pig that the show that had the pig let the fucking. That's not a good word. Yeah, it, it is. It's it, even not a, a good word. For a pig. That's right. We gotta be better about that, huh? And pigs do. Pigs are always, you know, using terrible language. And pigs are fucking silly pigs. Silly pigs. It's hard not to, yeah, laugh at them. And then, yeah. like, you know, Without my nephew Mason, it. if he's ever been around and the kids Mason's say something, got a then, potty mouth. oh yeah, and then if he laughs, it's like, uh-huh. oh, this was funny, and I'm gonna do this again and again. How's so. Mason? He's doing good. Yeah, good. he's doing okay, obviously. You know, it's been Yeah, imagine it's a been a rough year for him. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The COVID, I mean, the COVID has been, alone has been a hell on kids. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about my own, but um, yeah, it's just, imagine Mason's had a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, like obviously Mason's experience of losing a sibling is different than anyone else's in our family. So, you know, yeah. he has his unique path. He also had the weirdness of like, Having his sister become a local celebrity for yeah. something that was causing a lot of pain to his family. It's like. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, no matter what you do, like there's going to be that part of a young person's brain that sees the, the amount of attention and stuff exactly. that's given. And luckily, so many people were so nice. And like if they sent Dylan a gift, Mason got a gift. And yeah. so many of like really Casey's really good friends and Mason's friends would, you know, have them for sleepovers and stuff to just give them that break from it all. Yeah. Do you guys hang out a lot as mix the families? Get the we kids do. Yeah. 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 We live just, you know, like a couple minutes from them. So we walk down the road a lot, um, go swimming or do things with them. And That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. They have a nice place. They do. Yeah. yeah. A beautiful I've, view. Yeah. I used to pick mushrooms out there when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, what my kids yeah. now enjoy doing. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, there's some good ones out there. Yes, Jeff has taught them about all the different mushrooms. And you ever go pick them with them? I have a little bit, but I'm definitely not very knowledgeable about it. Like mm-hmm. at this point, Oscar, the four year old, knows more than I do, and I trust him over me. So, um, but yeah, it's been really cute to see him learn that from Jeff and like all of them get into it. Do you eat them? We do. You know, they're not my favorite thing, but I will, you know, we yeah. will eat them. I don't like them very much, but I love picking them. Yeah, I, you're yeah. pretty avid into that, right? I'm obsessed with it, honestly. Yeah. When when the season is on, it's hard for me to do anything else. Yeah. Just, it's something about, I don't even know where it comes from, but something in my DNA. It's like when I know that there's just free food just yeah. sticking out of the ground, I'm going to go pick it. Yeah, well, and it's so cool to be able to go and collect the food and, you know, for the kids to see that too. Yeah, and I I take the mushrooms and I sell them now. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to just force myself to eat them and force them on everyone around me. (laughs) It's a lot of mushrooms. Just so I could enable my my habit of going back out in the woods for more. But, um, yeah, I figured out a way to cook them, though, that I actually like them and the kids love them. Oh, what do you do? Deep fried. Okay. Um, so probably like the whole thing, or do you cut them into pieces? Uh, depends on the mushroom, but okay. the, if you take chanterelles and cut the big ones, if you get the right size, just medium sized ones, and do like a chicken fried steak okay. type breading, and then fry them, they're delicious. They're that really does good. sound good. Crunchy and really good. But other than that, I have a hard time stomaching that texture. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it if they're slimy and no. Yeah. When I was a kid, I would just outright refused to eat the food and it even i mean anything i i could could not stomach them it's it's the fungus part it's like mm-hmm. you could tell it's not even quite a plant it's like there's an alien in this food <laughs> yes yeah our son got so into it so for christmas we got him like the mushroom growing kit and all these books about mushrooms and oh cool yeah, it's been what, fun oyster mushrooms for the yeah kid? i think it was um, those are cool did they work yeah what color they were just white, I think, oh. like the white gray kind of. Yeah, we have that kind in the woods here a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can pick them all over the place. Yeah, everybody yeah. has their secret spots, right? There yeah, you go. it's kind of a weird little community. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've noticed there's a lot more engagement online with people trying. I think people got bored last year, and so yeah. there's a lot. It seems like there's a lot more pickers going right now. It's morel season. So oh, that's are now okay. out in all the burned areas from. Yeah. The last burn season, and there should be a lot of morels out there. I've never picked those though. Neither have I. It looks fun to pick. I know Mark would do that like with his family growing up um, Mm -hmm. in eastern Washington, do some of that. So how did you meet Mark? I met Mark. Actually, um, I'm sure he'll love that I'll say this, but through his mom. Um, His mom set us up. Uh, Yeah, when I was in pharmacy school, it was my last year of pharmacy school, and you do different rotations like in different areas. And one of those, I went to Peru with the nursing school to like do – Uh, rural clinics and things. His mom was one of the professors of the nursing school. And basically on a flight back, she was talking about her son and showing pictures. And my roommate at the time was like, oh, that sounds just like Lindy and the perfect match. And she gave him my email and the rest is history. Who would have thought? I know. It's pretty funny. I would not want my mom giving out my information. (laughs) Yeah. And especially like now knowing her and knowing their relationship, it's, I actually can't believe he even emailed me after her giving that to him. Uh Uh-huh. You must have just known. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so what does he do? He's, he's a... an occupational therapist. Okay. And he's working in the schools, right? He works in the schools and then he does some evaluations and things for the hospital too, but primarily in the schools. Okay. Yeah, he likes working with kids the most. Gotcha. So occupational therapy, how, how does that apply to kids? Yeah. So a lot with kids, like you'll hear often it's like handwriting and stuff, which okay. um, I don't know if he loves to just be like pigeonholed into handwriting, but it's handwriting. It's sensory difficulties. So, you know, if kids with autism or sensory processing disorders, you know, just all a, a variety of different things he mm-hmm. can work with. So occupational, a lot of people would probably think of like 
employment. Yeah. It really just occupies what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm like worried that I'm going to say the wrong thing when he listens to this. But yeah, I, the way that I think of it is like a physical therapist will like maybe work on like a muscle or the range of motion and stuff. And an occupational therapist is really trying to get to like function of how that helps you with your day-to-day activities. Okay. Like if your shoulder's hurting, he will work on how we can like use that so that you can shower effectively and wash your hair or something. So he's more like pragmatic than yeah, a physical therapist? I believe like, so. More problem solving? I think so. Okay. Like it's all about like the day-to-day activities and mm-hmm. So basically he's a handwriting specialist. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Your poor wife has probably, you know, he usually tends to yell at the elementary teachers to use like the smaller space paper so that kids actually learn to write smaller and not so big. Wait, he's a college ruled guy? He is a college ruled. He's very staunch on the college rules. No, I had not heard that, but I will will remember it. (laughs) I've always been a college ruled guy myself. So yeah. yeah. Well, uh, apparently it's better for the children. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're smaller. Why would they need wider paper? Exactly. And they get better control of their letters or something. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, that fine motor development. Mm-hmm. I, I worked at a children's center when I was 18. and It was like three-year-olds, but we had to do very specific curriculum about fine motor development and gross motor development yeah. for all the developmental stepping stones along the way. But yeah, I like that stuff. I think it's really interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, just yeah. to see how the brain works at a primitive stage. Yeah. Mark is really into all the primitive reflexes that get kind of integrated and then what happens if they don't and how that manifests later in behavior and stuff. And oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, with our kids, like he was always doing weird things to them. You like know, babies. Um, Just like testing their reflexes. Like if you like not like – <laughs> yeah, no. Like if you go to drop them, like, like do they the startle? Reflex, yep, like yeah. the Moro. And the other thing he would do is like he would always hold them in their hand, you know, and they would lock their legs and stand up. So uh-huh. like we have pictures of him holding all of them like that. That's fun. I remember doing that and being just baffled that they yeah. could stand that way. Yeah, and it's funny when they like finally lose it and then they, they're bending their legs and they're scared and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff's cool. It, it definitely translates into later life too. I've I've been learning yeah. about this uh, neurokinetic therapy, like the connections of how you move to your brain and how your brain processes your movements. And that's interesting. Um, just trying to figure out why I'm not good at stuff uh-huh. and like how I could fix it because I have spent years trying to just get into a position where I'm like feel like I'm doing the movements correctly if I'm lifting weights or mm-hmm. you know throwing or doing really any kind of athletic movements. You need to have a good platform so your body knows how to move without having to think about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty convinced that just because of an injury when I was a kid, I I just developed all these patterns to compensate. So I I just made it to where it's like almost impossible for me to get into the right positions to to lift properly. And so I spent so much time just like uh, trying to figure it out. And I've just become really interested in it. If I wasn't doing... 10 other things, I would yeah. probably go study that. It's another thing to dive into. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it is very interesting, all of that. We're just like big squishy robots. Our muscles are just rubber bands wrapped around pivot points. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the different rotational geometry of the, your bones, like I never used to think about that stuff. Yeah. Like your tibial angle. Like, well, because when you're younger, you could just move freely and nothing yeah. like bothers you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, one day you're like, oh, now I just can't move that direction yes, anymore. So yes, yes. Kind of depressing. Freezes up. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially shoulders, man. That those freeze up like crazy if you don't do pull ups or any kind of hanging stuff. I thought I was in such great shape, and we went to go do one of those mud relays. Uh, oh, where there's like, like a Spartan mo- race type yeah, thing. Yeah, monkey bars. Oh, I, I was confident, and I jumped up. I couldn't make it. Oh, like, monkey bars are hard. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I slipped right off. I don't think I can do them. Yeah. 
I, I put right after that, I put pull-up bars at my house and in my office. So now I, I hang. At the very least, I'll hang for like a minute That's every good. day just so my shoulders will, you know, understand that range of motion. Yeah. I understand. I've got a lot of like shoulder and neck stuff and a mm-hmm. lot of like rounding forward and like from caring for babies for oh, so yeah. long. You're like always hunched I and bet. taking care of them or breastfeeding. And it's like, oh, it's not the best for posture. So. No. I'm, no. Oh. Now we're both sitting up nice yeah. and straight. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Our, our world is set up to be – rounded and like a what's the word i think it's kyphosis kyphosis mm-hmm, so. posture yeah speaking of fancy words how does it feel to not be into the pharmacy stuff was that like something you're passionate about um you know it's i've had an interesting journey through pharmacy and i've done a lot of different stuff so when i graduated i did a residency and a fellowship more in like geriatric pharmacy i was mm-hmm. really into movement disorders for a while like parkinson's and things okay. um and then i went and worked for the va for a while um which was great because they're super progressive in what they let pharmacists do. So I was I had my own clinic where I saw patients and managed like diabetes and high blood pressure and things. And then I went and worked for Providence in Spokane and I was doing like blood thinners, managing patients on rheumatology meds. So same thing, really like clinic But would you have thought when you were doing the diabetes thing that someday you'd be <laughs> slinging donuts? <laughs> no, it's kind of ironic. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the also the funny part. You know, I was like being a pharmacist and selling know. donuts. It I guess it's job security in a way. Um, mm mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, pharmacy, um, as far as the level of passion, I've always liked the interaction with patients so that I really enjoyed at my jobs. Like I had regular patients that I would see a lot. I I can't say I'm actually passionate about pharmacy itself. Mm -hmm. So with the bakery starting and me going kind of more with that, I probably enjoyed it more. And it's been a chance to step away a little bit from some of the pharmacy stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like that'd be probably a pretty technical job to be an actual pharmacist. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean – I think people often don't realize like how much goes into getting your prescription filled. And well, yeah. It's things. like, what? It's going to take you a whole hour to put the, put exactly. the pills in a bottle? Exactly. Like <laughs> it's like the Jerry Seinfeld skits. Like you're just taking them from the big bottle and putting them in the little bottle, oh, right? That, did and, I steal that from Jerry? Oh, I think so. I don't know. Um, but it's – you know, there's so much more to it and it's – you know, sometimes pharmacy, you feel like it's kind of like the – healthcare profession that like has no respect associated with it. But Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's it gets a lot of people talk a lot of shit on the big pharma. Uh, so, yes, but you guys are. But that's probably deserved. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's often well deserved. I I agree. I don't trust them at all. It, they freak me out actually. Yeah, because they're so powerful. Yeah, and it's you know lucrative. They're they're gonna get their money. That's for sure. Well, it, things like the glyphosate debate. That's what scares me. Basically, they have so much money, so it's concerning. Yeah, <laughs> so just to know that. I mean, it's very widely used. I use it still. Because there is nothing better. Yes, it, it's, it works. Yeah, That's, it's, and it's Mark's cheap. dad um, was a crop duster in Davenport, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah, that's yeah, it's tricky. No, yeah. yeah, they're kind of you know when I think of like big tobacco, I I feel like they all just get lumped into yeah. that. Well, they, they're very close because that like the whole corn, the GMO crops, mm-hmm. and the proprietary seeds and all that—that's mm-hmm. fucked up. Uh, yeah, it's they, kind of scary stuff. It's basically they built a system to absorb all these small farms by like letting their genetically modified seed fall off the truck and grow in a ditch along these other farms who didn't pay for the seed. And they find the plants in their farm, sue them, take their farm, and then they plant all the GMO crops there. Anyway, wow. yeah, they've got a pretty good gig. Yeah, um, that's that's sad. <laughs> yeah, the the world is full of stuff that's just like. You know it's wrong, mm-hmm. but it's so entrenched and it's so successful that it's just discouraging. It is discouraging. And oh. then trying to like teach kids about right and wrong and – Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's hard. I, I got to just be like, do your best mm -hmm. and accept that other people are doing their best too, even when it's very clear that they're doing wrong. Yeah. They don't, they must not realize it or, or I don't know, but there's, do you think there's just bad people who do wrong knowingly? Uh, you know, I always tell my kids that I think ultimately anyone can be, is good and it's just their choices, but sadly it does seem like there's some people that are not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's different socio sociopathic tendencies and like people who are really successful in business tend to be a lot of that group. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting thing. And then you look at people who are really successful and uh, there's a good chance that they're probably sociopaths. Like they don't <laughs> – I mean you got to have some kind of deficit in your ability to feel other people's pain if you can do things like dump chemicals into a river or, yeah. or you know – a town water supply that's exactly. not drinkable, yeah. things like that. Yeah, there's a point so, where you would hope that some more ethics would kick in. Yeah, or the BP oil disaster. Yeah. Which I don't even know if people just got tired of hearing about it or, or what, but last time I checked, that was still leaking. Oh, wow. And after yeah. like a decade. So it's it's not good. Rough. <laughs> how do you how do you cope with the world just falling apart around you? Um What do you what do you do to stay sane? To stay sane. Oh gosh, I don't know if I am sane. Um you know, I try to exercise here and there. <laughs> what do you do for that? Um, I tend to try to lift weights with Casey. Like we'll work out at Snap. Uh -huh. um, so we'll do that. Um, I What I need to do is like get into a yoga practice and do that regularly at one you, time. Are you into yoga? No. I mean at but one time I was – like Casey and I during more like COVID quarantine time when the gym was shut down, we were doing some of that. And I, I think I really need to for my body for like mobility and stuff. Um, yeah, me too. I yeah. It, it's not fun. I always think it's going to be fun, and it's not. Yeah. It's, but I need to do it. It's hard to, like, commit that time to something where you feel like, oh, no, I should be, like, lifting weights. And, exactly. You know, like, really getting my bang for my buck. But Even though I feel just as exhausted after doing yoga for oh, an yeah. hour as it's I do not after easy. I lift. No. Yeah. And it, it puts you in positions where you have to breathe into areas that you're not used to. Yeah. So it's almost more exhausting in a few ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then I, I would like to cultivate a meditation practice. And I've heard you talk about that you do that. It's pretty helpful. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I've had, I feel like I've had a lot of signals from the universe that I need to do it and people flat out telling me I need to do it. But um, it's just been that like actually getting myself to do it problem. It's, it's one of those things that's like that. And yeah. it doesn't stop being like that. I still feel like that where I'll, I'll go days and days where I'm like, I really need to meditate. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a long time. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll go do that this afternoon. And then this afternoon comes and I'm like, well, I haven't worked out today. I should probably work out first and then I'll I'll feel better. I'll, my head will be clearer and I'll be able yeah. to meditate easier then. And then by the time then it's like, oh, well, but the family's coming home in 10 minutes. Yeah. I can't. What if they, you know, come halfway through? Right. I, I can't do it now. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. If I can't do all, I can't do yeah. any. <laughs> so you, get, you just got to accept the, you know, the crap that comes along with starting something new. Yeah. And the discomfort that's paired to that. Do you do that in the morning then usually or like in your I should, early morning hours? My most common meditations happen in the afternoon. Okay. Like uh, I, I wake up in like a frenzy every day. Like it's time to go, go, go. Oh. I, I have a hard time even eating breakfast other than bakery food. <laughs> Honestly, that's just a routine. I, I'm not great. even always hungry in the morning, but it's like something about going there and getting like interaction with people. Yeah, it's like um, a ritual. Yeah. I spend so much time by myself. So it's – Anytime I can interact with a human being, especially on a work day where I'm just like, I'm about to go spend another 12 hours alone, yeah. um, 
it's it helps it just helps kind of like it's like checkpoints in my brain of remembering that i'm a human Mm -hmm. and that you know i exist in a world where there are other humans yeah yeah but no i don't meditate in the morning often i feel like i would just fall back asleep yeah yeah but that's probably just an excuse i really should (laughs) yeah i just need to find a way to do it i guess if you have kids around, it just is almost impossible. Oh, um, yeah. It's impossible to do anything. Yeah. Right when me and Melissa got together, it was before we had Amelia, but we had Sawyer and Elsa. I would just stay in my car when I got home from work. Before I go in the house, mm-hmm. I would text on the way. I'd be like, hey, I'm going to meditate before I come in. And I would just do a quick 15 minutes in the car. And they would look out the window like, what is this yeah. weird guy you brought into our <laughs> life doing in this truck? Yeah. Or actually, it was a van then. But... Even and, worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a yeah old minivan, but that's what Mark was driving when I met him. Oh, he really? Had a minivan, chick magnet. I know. How could yeah. I not fall for that? Exactly. Yeah, I've had several. <laughs> <laughs> They're so practical. Yeah. What do you drive now? A minivan. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. actually, Jeff's parents' old minivan. We ended up uh, buying Toyota. It's a um. What is it? Is it a Chrysler or something? Hmm. It's one of those. Yeah, I like them. People make fun of you for Plymouth. driving them, but yeah. they're. They handle well. Oh, They've got plenty of space. For kids, like yeah. the sliding doors so my kids aren't banging the door into other people. It's just way easier. We used – when I was a kid, we had vans and we would leave the door open and go cruise the beach. And, oh, that's Oh, yeah. I talked fun. about that on one of the episodes where my brother jumped out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Vans are cool. They are cool. Um, I can't beat the practicality of a minivan. I know. I, was, I wasn't sure if you were going to send me, you know, things I needed to prepare in advance. <laughs> I probably should. Um, I thought about that, like doing a guest, just even just like an infographic, like this mm. is what y- you can expect. I feel like it p- make people show up less nervous. It's the not knowing that freaks most people out because yeah. a lot of the time, the first half of the interview is just like people waiting around like, oh, we're we going? Are yeah. we, when do we start? <laughs> this is live. Like, what's going on here? And then once they're like, oh, no, this is this is the thing. And like, okay, this is I could do this. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. This is yeah. not nearly as bad as what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, no. It's 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 pretty uh, yeah. It's easy to make it in your head out to be something that's going to be much scarier. Yeah, but, yeah. I think it was but. the thought of okay, this is like a very permanent recording that's going out to the entire world, and so yeah, being like very careful. It could go out the entire world. It's not going out. <laughs> do you have a lot of su- subscribers no, and things like? No, I do not. <laughs> well, I mean the whole peninsula though. Like yeah. that's the world of like people that, that actually know. It's big enough in my world to where it seems big to me, but yeah. it's not much at all. It's uh, not at least worth losing any sleep over. Yeah. I mean, talking about the social media stuff, like are you hoping to get like sponsorship and yeah. things like that? So I, I would like to make this into a business. Yeah. I, 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 it's really fun to me. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy learning about it. And my interests change so often that it, it's it's perfect for me because I can just make something new when I'm mm-hmm. into something else. Yeah. And now I'm kind of – my new thing is learning how to turn that into something that's of value to other people. And so I can actually sell it. And yeah. That's that would be a really good life <laughs> to be able to just do something I actually enjoy mm-hmm. and that also benefits other people. That's that's really all I want. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my plan. But okay. it's a it's a probably a multi year thing. Yeah. I'm I'm just really learning how to use social media to to contact the right kind of people. I just I could never picture what my audience was gonna be. Mm-hmm. All I could think of was like, well, probably people like me, I guess. But I don't really know. 
Um, and now I can actually look back and see over the last three months what the people are who are listening. Like who's downloading the episodes. Yeah. And, yeah. Just in terms of just like demographics. Mm-hmm. And it's it's helpful. It's yeah. Helpful. So like the average listener is 24 to 35 and pretty even split male to female. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. With our bakery stuff, it's like there's definitely a much higher female, you know, oh, audience. Really? Yeah. I get along better with women than men. There's a lot more layers of of shit to wade through with men. Like you got to worry about their ego way more. Oh, really? I th- um, see. I would have thought you'd say the opposite. That seems no, like I'm very aware of what's going on in other people's heads most of the time. Or I, I try to be, but I feel like I am because I'm constantly thinking about it. Like, what's the situation to this person? Mm-hmm. And so with men, I, I notice a lot more that they care a lot more about like respect and making sure that their status is acknowledged yeah. and these kind of things that I don't give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. So women don't seem to care nearly as much about that stuff. And like, I know these are broad generalizations, but right. yeah, I don't know. I like talking to women. It's It's easier. Yeah. I guess. But I don't even know where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You talk for a while. Um, let's see. What do you want me to talk about? Um, well, let's see. What have we not yeah. covered? Where'd you, where'd you go to high school? Kent? Yeah. So I um, I did running start. So technically, I graduated from Kentwood High School, but I went to Highline Community College my last two years, and then I graduated with my AA from high school. So Where's Highline? Um, it's in like Des Moines. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was pretty cool because I had a lot of my general studies done. And then I went to Western, I think. Didn't you go to Western? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I went there for a couple of years and I worked – I just did more like pharmacy prereqs that I needed and worked at an independent pharmacy there. And then I went to WSU for pharmacy school. Cool. How's pharmacy school? It's good. You know, at times it can be pretty intense. Um, It's a four-year program. So now when I was in it, it was two years in Pullman and then two years in Spokane. And now the entire program is in Spokane just to Mm. get more like medical opportunity. Uh Uh-huh. That's cool. And so that seems like a long time. What exactly would all the courses be about? Oh, gosh. You know, everything. Like I – you know, at the beginning, you're doing a lot of calculations of things like a mother brings in an amoxicillin suspension that was supposed to be refrigerated and she left it in the car and it was 77 degrees for two hours. What is the, you know, degradation rate of this? And is it still good? And I mean, and now I'm like, that's so not practical and you're just But it's cool that you know how to do it. Well, I can't say that I actually remember, but um, at one point I did. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a lot of different things like pharmacotherapy is, you know, how how you apply the knowledge for different disease states. There's a lot of like pharmacokinetics and, you know, how how drugs work in the body and how the body works on drugs. I, I love that stuff. Pharmacology was one of my favorite subject areas in school. Okay. So I my college experience was the beginning very spread around. I was studying psychology the whole time, but I really didn't ever want to be a therapist um, or a psychologist or a social worker. Or any of that stuff. I just wanted to know how the brain worked and how people think. And I wanted to kind of just get it up up to date on what humans had figured out about ourselves mm-hmm. up to the current time. And which is exactly what I got because I realized that we still don't know shit about what's yeah. going on. Uh, yeah, not in the brain. In the big yeah. picture, no. Yeah. And which is kind of exciting, really, because even in the last 10 years since then, there's been so many huge developments and neuroscience was becoming more prominent as like the main field of study mm-hmm. over psychology, which is very wishy-washy. Yeah. Like, psychology is very, I don't know, I, I've kind of come around to it a little bit because 
I'm more open to nuance than I was then. Back then, I was very much like a materialist. I wanted things to make sense and be measurable and easy. And psychology was just like all interpretation. Yeah. And, and that's just not something I wanted to build a career on, I guess. But neuroscience, that's something where they're taking measurable data and drawing mm-hmm. conclusions about it that are things we've never learned about ourselves before. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty cool. And it, within that, drug stuff always seemed like magic to me. So I liked that. Yeah. And what's funny is there's so many drugs where we're like, well, we think it does this in the brain, but really like there's so many drugs we don't know. Oh, like psilocybin. That's one. That, I mean, they're not putting it in pharmacies yet. They will be very soon. It's it's going through trials, I think, right now. But okay. the uh, yeah, it's like a they think it does something with serotonin, but okay. they don't really know. And and anyone who's experienced that drug knows that it's it's a fucking trip. Mm-hmm. It, it really it's like nothing else. So, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely stuff going on in the brain that we're not aware yeah. of, or we don't know how, exactly how it works. Right. What? And that's like, you know, especially now that we've had our experience with Dylan and everything and, you know, a brain cancer. And it just – it's hard not to be frustrated with the the medical community in that regard that like what you know now is like 4% of funding of all cancer goes to pediatric cancer and then the rest is to adult cancers. And, you yeah. know, even seeing, okay, this giant effort toward a COVID vaccine and then you have kids dying of cancer and no one's really giving any money or research to that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like where if you compare the numbers, mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense. A lot of policy is driven by pop culture and what whatever is yeah. in the people's attention at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, it's, oh, that's a rare disease. I'm not, you know, the odds of me getting that are low versus like, okay, COVID's right here and anyone can get it. Yeah. Seems yeah. like on the rare diseases, it seems like they might be easier to solve than something's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. This is, I'm going to get a little bit out there. Okay. But where do you think our consciousness comes from? Is the Lindy in you a result of the biological functioning of your body creates this consciousness or is it a consciousness that inhabits this body? Like oh, wow. what kind of a are you a dualist? What do you think about that stuff? <laughs> oh gosh, I can't say that I've ever gone into that too much. No, I I think there's definitely a consciousness that inhabits the body, you know. Um I don't know. I mean, I that's do you I think you have a soul? Absolutely. Is your soul connected to your body? Uh, I think it can influence the body. I think is your soul who you are? Is that the you, the me? I think so. Okay. If you cut off your arm, would you still be you? <laughs> yes. What about if you cut off your leg? Yes. What about your head? No. Why not? Well, I can't live without my head. If you could. Where does the soul live in your body? That's the thing. I don't think that there's a spot of the soul. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird one. <laughs> I did not expect these questions. Oh, have you not listened uh, to the podcast? I know. Well, not all of them. Every episode is different, actually. I don't know if I've talked about this on a lot of them. Uh, I like – I love thinking about weird, trippy shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I haven't thought about a lot of the questions you're asking me. It's definitely like – especially with Dylan passing away, there's that element of you do think about the afterlife a lot more. And then – Are you um, religious at all? You know, we were raised Lutheran, but kind of like a go to church on Easter and Christmas kind of family. But then my parents sent – we all went to private school early on. And then my parents kept me in private school longer, I think, mm-hmm. because our middle sister had kind of, you know, middle child gotten into a little bit of trouble in the junior high time. And so mm-hmm. my parents were like, we're going to keep the youngest one in the private school longer. So was I – a religious private school? Yeah, it was a okay. Christian private school. Yeah. So we were – but it's not like a – hardcore in our family, I guess I would mm-hmm. say. Um, and That's nice. <laughs> yeah. And like if anything, I think 
a lot of churches and things are a little bit off-putting to me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I, I would have to agree. There, There's some problems, but um, I grew up religious-ish. I mean, it's I, I hate to say religious because it was not your typical childhood, but we, my mom was very much like tried really hard to make us very religious. My dad was different, so mm -hmm. it was kind of a mix, but it, it made for the way I see the world is very fluid. I can I can think about it from a lot of different points of view because I, I kind of have gone through each one of these points of view myself. Mm -hmm. But I, I tend to fall back into that kind of more abstract thought stuff. And I feel really comfortable in that area. Yeah, but. it's really interesting. I mean, I think there's a lot to learn. And then it's so interesting how people do have the gifts to be able to tap into some of that more. That's the stuff that's crazy is yeah. like people who do really seem to have some kind of gift, but it when they can prove it with controlled experiments, it would be a whole nother thing because yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to be possible. I don't know. Like the observer effect, the, the fact that if you're looking at a particle, it changes. So like when they're doing these quantum tests, they can locate a particle and it doesn't materialize into one place until it's observed. So, you know, on an on an atom. It's got electrons. They're all going all around the outside of it in those shells. Mm -hmm. The the shell actually is the electron. It's a waveform and it doesn't materialize into a specific point on that place to be an electron until somebody's looking at it. So mm -hmm. it, it seems to me like if there were kind of like telekinesis or these kind of more woo-woo mm -hmm. human abilities that are almost just right outside of the realm of feasibility, I think that they probably don't work if you're testing them. Like, right. That's, I don't know. That's for, that's my theory on that. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Do you yeah. think people are still evolving in, in ways that like are going to be, we're going to be completely different in 200 years? I don't know. Well, we're definitely having some effect on our evolution because we're doing so many things to ourselves. Are we devolving? <laughs> I hope not, but sometimes it feels like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I do worry about like... Just what we have done and some of what we put in our bodies and things. What What's your biggest fear about life in the 2021? What's uh -huh. your biggest, uh, what's the thing that keeps you up at night? Probably just worrying about my kids and the future and hoping that they end up being kind human beings and the planet is still sustainable, you know, like yeah. that there's a world that, that is good for them. Yeah, that's And that they are important. good to the world. <laughs> Did you happen to catch the climate change episode? I have not listened to that one. I need to listen to that. I mean, there's probably some movies on it that you could get that would give you more information. But um, yeah, that's this scares the shit out of me. I it think is scary. About it all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. very scary. I was just on the way here. I was listening to the one with you and Matt. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, he made me drink alcohol. and <laughs> I, I learned. I've been learning some things by what he was saying. And yeah, his voice, he should be on radio or something. Oh, I know. He's got a great voice. When yeah. I was editing it, I kept having to be like, oh, man, it's making me sound real. The voice thinned out oh. more than usual oh. next to Matt's. But another reason I prefer having women on. <laughs> yes, you could have my nice shrill voice next to Matt's. Oh, you're shrill. <laughs> I'm not even actually sure what the word shrill means. I don't know, but it's kind of like one of those like derogatory sound good. female statements. Yeah. 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 Like bossy and shrill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good, good stories. Stuff that's embarrassing or even if it's for me or for my to family. other people. <laughs> um, those generally make good good crowd pleasers. Gosh. 
You know, it was hard because, again, at this, like, Christian school, there was, like, it was sort of, like, a not a lot of dancing. And then when I did no community dancing? college, yeah, I mean, it was pretty, like, strict. Like, there was so much dancing There was a point my in my life where I was, like, thought that people that drank alcohol were going to hell and you things. Were right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I, I could see, I could see you being that person. <laughs> I'm not that person anymore. Oh, I believe you. But, very much turned, you know. Yeah. But look, what you you just have your shit together, and you seem like you're probably not drinking a lot of alcohol during formative years. I remember, I remember those girls, and they were, uh, yeah. Actually, I got along great with them. But. I, you know, I don't think my judgment was so much towards like other people. It was more like I was worried about my family, you know, and uh-huh. like the school and this thought that like, oh, you're you're not a good Christian if you drink, and and you know that's some of the like doctrination that I'm not fond yeah. of. Yeah. So it's tricky. Do you still? Yeah. Do you still? Does that sneak into your head now as an adult? No. Yeah. No. It still gets me. I still that, think like guilt. Yeah. You have, like Catholic guilt. Uh, I it's Tory guilt. That's my mom's <laughs> name. <laughs> um. Yeah, she's she's in my head still. But yeah, no, I I really don't want to go to hell. I just think it sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a joke, but it's also true. I really if if yeah. hell exists, it, I don't think of it the same as I did when I was a kid. Right. But I do think it's a real thing. It's I just think that uh, we probably don't have the right kind of language to explain it. Exactly. Like, yeah. and that's there's definitely so much to the afterlife that we we obviously don't know. But do you want to get into that? Sure. I like that stuff. Okay. What What do you think of heaven and hell? Yeah, I don't know if it's like so defined as that. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely know before Dylan passed away that she was having conversations with people that were not physical beings. And really? our grandma, my mom's mom, Grandma Penny, who my daughter's named after, she like we we would say like, is it this person? Is it this person? And she, when we said, is it Grandma Penny? Yes. You know, she would nod her head. And so we think that she was having conversations. And then ultimately, like, that's who came and greeted her. Wow. And a cat that they had, I think, Amy, their kitty that from a long wow. time ago. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's an afterlife. Yeah, I do too. When you picture heaven, is it a place like a physical place is it a is it a realm where like i i have to kind of think that it's outside of space time yeah that's what i think too i mean it's really hard because obviously we've had a lot of these talks with my kids and stuff and well you know where is dylan and stuff and so we say heaven and like they'll point to the sky and you know i just say i don't know she could be right here with us like we talk a lot about how like she might be there with us the soul you know she's here in a different way now yeah so the way i think about it is if you're if you think about the different dimensions, there one dimension is just a line on this table. Two dimensions is an X on the table, you know, axis going mm-hmm. one way, axis going the other way. Three dimensions, you add this, the upward dimension. If you have a sphere and you place it in three dimensions, like we can see it as a ball because we're in three dimensions. But if you put it on a two-dimensional plane, it suddenly to us, it just looks like a flat circle on the table. But if you are a being on that two-dimensional plane looking at that same thing, to you, it's just a line mm-hmm. because the, the sphere crosses through the two-dimensional plane and all you can see is that cross-section. Mm-hmm. If there are further dimensions beyond the third dimension, which is where we are and can perceive things, and then the fourth dimension, which is time, and then the fifth dimension is something else, it could very be very likely that there's other dimensional beings, including people that used to be in this one. Yeah. Just right around us that we exactly. aren't able to see. Yeah. So I, I totally buy that. Yeah, that's what I tend to think. And I think heaven is another way of explaining like uh, reabsorption into the singularity of where everything came from. Mm-hmm. I think that space time is a really limiting 
in, in its way to shape your perception and to think of everything in a linear form. When really, if you can let go of that and look at it all as one big thing, if, if existence is all one thing and if there's a creator, which I think there is, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, I, I feel like it's obvious that there is just in the complexity of everything. Yeah, but, I agree. And let's say there's creators outside of that big creation of all that is material existence from the Big Bang to the Big Bang that ends this show, whatever that will be. It's a lot different. Like you can see the whole thing all at once. And it's not it's not limited by this has happened before this, before this, before this. And I don't know. I like thinking about it like that because it makes it seem like my life is not that important. Uh, I'm just yeah. one little drop in a giant sea. Right. And so whatever I do and whatever I experience while I'm here is all just bonus like it's all luck that i'm here in the first place right it's it's hard though to communicate that to kids (laughs) it is yeah it's very hard yeah do you guys ever go to church um we don't go to church here um at one point we went to church some in spokane kind of off and on and then we moved here didn't really seek out a church and then covid and all that so no we don't yeah i think it's something that worries my mother-in-law quite a bit but oh yeah yeah you're definitely going to hell (laughs) me too right I don't actually believe that. I I think I've never believed that really. Even when I was a church goer on a regular basis, it didn't ever feel like it was crucial to my relationship yeah, with God. Yeah. That's I mean I I don't think God exists just in the four walls of a church and that you can no. experience that outside. I I want so badly for it to be just like a legit place where it's really God and all that and it's just too many humans there. Yeah. They're, humans are selfish, greedy people. Yeah. And we we tend to mess things up when money's involved. And so it's just really hard for me to trust churches. Uh, yeah, I get that. And they deserve to ask for money too because they're working. Like, yeah. It's the same thing with this podcast. Like I'm getting ready to start trying to look for advertisements and I don't want to ask people for money. It's just like I I like being able to just give them something for free. It feels good. But it costs me money to make it, so I like yeah, just like it costs and a lot of time money to run a church. Mm-hmm. But well, maybe Dylan's Cottage Bakery can sponsor you, and we can do ads like Hell Home yeah. of the Devil Dog. I'll take it. I'll, <laughs> every episode could be sponsored by Dylan's Cottage Bakery. You can you're, pay you in fake goods. Brain. Yeah, <laughs> well, they taste pretty good to me. You know, we—that's one thing that we're passionate about, like trying to. You know, of course, there's a tr- things are a treat. Donuts are a treat, and there's some people that don't care. But we're trying mm-hmm. to create more and more products for people that actually do care, and like um, get some dye-free sprinkles and things like that. That's something mm. that Mark and I are pretty passionate. Is trying to find like dye-free products. So why and, do kids love sprinkles so much? Gosh, I don't know. It's color, why don't colorful, adults? and I, I like my wife won't eat a sprinkle donut. Yeah, it's not the one that the adults usually gravitate towards, but yeah. I think it's the color. Yeah, uh, confetti. It's like so abundant and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Dylan's donut is a very good one. Yeah, that's a proud it's pleaser. a lot of sprinkles on that donut, um, but it's so yeah. fun. That's Amelia's favorite donut. Yeah, that's my kids like that one too. And Archer will just eat the top of off of it. Yeah, yeah. Amelia doesn't eat. The cake or mm-hmm. the donut part of almost anything. She just, just the eats the frosting. Mm-hmm. So my kids are extremely picky. Right now we're in a phase where they get what they get because we don't have a kitchen. So we're like, ugh, it sucks. Yeah, but we're you've been a lot remodeling. Of and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Before that, though, I would cook. I mean, Melissa, too. We cook regularly meals and the kids do not want to eat good food. Like, no. How do yours do? 
They same thing. I'd say, especially with our oldest, right? Like we had controlled conditions, and so she like didn't know what an M M&M and M was or different things for a long time. Like mm-hmm. I remember she saw like an Oreo, and she didn't know what its name was. Like when she was like three or four, and we're like, oh, this is so great, you know. And then the second one comes along, and you know, already ruined by the first. And socially, it's like there's always a holiday, there's always a birthday party, yeah, it there's never always ends. someone feeding crap to your kids. Yeah, and it's I guess a little bit hypocritical for me to say that as a bakery owner. Uh, maybe but I don't know no I don't think so because you're charging so yeah like it's a choice yeah you you don't have to buy these donuts well that's like hopefully we'll get more gluten-free vegan options things where you can still have a treat without it it seems like they've finally started to figure the gluten-free baked stuff out like there for a while it was pretty hit or miss you get a lot of donuts that fall apart in your hands yeah yeah it's not easy because it's just it's so the different. The, good the gluten is what That's makes what... it so good and yeah. <laughs> gives it that texture. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do you have gluten free stuff now? I haven't even really noticed. We have some. Um, we've changed the wording to "made without gluten" on things because um, gluten free. It's like kind of a slippery slope of if people think like, "Oh, I have celiac disease. Is it okay for me to eat this?" And we're like, "No, don't eat anything from our bakery because there's mass cross contamination." Yeah. So you know, if you have a true gluten intolerance, like no, you shouldn't eat anything. Cause How do you know? If it's true or if you're Well, just like, I mean, like if you have diagnosed celiac disease. Yeah. But like, you know, for the average person like me, if I'm like, oh, I'm not eating gluten right now, sure, give me all the gluten-free stuff or the I'm made sure you without eat gluten. gluten. No, don't you? I do. You know, I, I don't actually eat a lot of it. I, in an ideal world, we tend to eat mostly gluten-free, a lot like for our kids and stuff. Like they it, are prone it, to eczema and it things. It is and, better. Inflammation tends to go down when you don't Yeah, yeah. Like our kids – yeah, they're eczema and they tend to get itchy and stuff. And we definitely notice a difference, but it's yeah. it's really hard to keep up with that. And then, like I said, there's always there's always a birthday party. There's always something where they're getting. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like once they start having a little of that, it's like it creeps in. And pretty soon, yeah, they're pickier and pickier. And then all of a sudden, they're only eating like noodles and cheese. Yeah. Amelia asks me for a popsicle for breakfast almost every oh, day. Oh, yes. I don't yeah. give them to her, but she asks. <laughs> oh, I've definitely given them to that, you know. Yeah. Given that in the morning at times, but. If you're tired yeah, enough, you can just be like, like, yeah, chips for breakfast every once in a while. Okay, fine. Exactly. And that's where you got to have some fun with it, right? And yeah. I mean, we look at it as like we try to do the best we can at home and then what they eat outside the home is what it is. But it's hard when there's always something. Like yeah. the my boys recently, there was a birthday at their preschool and they ate some cupcakes that I guess had some blue frosting. It, it was not from our bakery. Uh-huh. And um, I mean – they shit like leprechaun green for days. <laughs> and I was just like, what is this doing inside of them? Yeah, that's not good. No. Those, uh, yeah, those cheap cupcakes with the really loud packaging. Yeah. Um, my kids would bring home, home a thing of those like once a week because their grandma would bring them as like a class treat when mm-hmm. she would come in to help in their classroom. So there was they would just be like on my counter all the time. And I, I hate those cupcakes. Yeah. They're they're you can just smell that they're made with like chemicals. Nothing against their grandma bringing them. That was a sweet thing to do. But no. And that's it's all well intentioned. Right. Yeah. Like. And, but yeah, that's something that I hope as a society we can work toward is like better things for our kids. Yeah, it's hard to know where to go on that because we're in a bit of a pickle as a society with the way we produce food. Like mm-hmm. the the size of our huge farms that grow one crop that are killing the soil, but we still have people starving mm-hmm. in this country. It's like, damn, where do where do you really go from there? Yeah. It's like it's tricky. Right. And it's cheap food often tends to not be the best for you. So. Yeah. 
Exactly. The worst food for you is usually the most affordable and the most highly subsidized, which is probably where a good place to start, which right. would be subsidies for the healthy food. Mm-hmm. Like, well, just like we were talking about with Monsanto corn. Corn is one of the high, most highly subsidized crops, and it's really not that good for you. No. It's, it's not that good for the land, and it's, it's not that good. It is delicious. Right. You can make a ton of things out of it. Yes. So Lots it's, of it's corn really syrup. useful. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's going to take some growing pains as a society to actually transition into a more sustainable way of life. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's me saying that as someone that like ate massive amounts of Top Ramen and Kraft Mac and Cheese growing up. And, me too. you know, I mean, that was like dinner. <laughs> I ate everything uh, yeah. except mushrooms. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I didn't eat mushrooms. I was very picky as a child. Really? Yeah. And now I enjoy in like most things. What's your favorite kind of food? Oh, like cuisine type? Yeah. Um, Hmm, that's a good question. I really like Thai food and um, I don't, I don't know. Really, Mexican food what is kind always of Thai good. Food do you get? I mean, I love a good pad Thai or pod Thai. Mm-hmm. Is it pod Thai? I don't know. I've been I saying mean, it wrong for say, years. I just say pad Thai, but I feel like other people say pod Thai. Oh, only the um, fancy people. Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, I I like curries and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just anything really. Yeah, I like Mexican food the best. I think, yeah. but Thai is Mexican probably is really second. Good. Do you cook? I do. I used to cook a lot more, kind of like you guys. At one point, I really had like a plan and I would make meals and stuff. And then it's just, yeah, kids and life and being so busy, it's kind of falling apart. And so half mm-hmm. the time it's, yeah, scrambling for something. And often we'll just eat like meat and vegetables or something, you know, and yeah. it's pretty easy. Or it's like a grab some soup from the bakery or, <laughs> oh, that's probably you nice. know, in a pinch. Yeah. yeah. That clam chowder there is pretty good. It is good. Yeah. yeah. I really like the clam chowder there. So you have any kids doing sports right now? Not any of the like Peninsula youth sports. My daughter Penny does karate. So oh, cool. she's in karate two days a week and she's doing horseback riding lessons oh, wow. at the Red Barn. Those are really unique sports. Yeah. Yeah. That's she cool. really likes them. She I tried. I tried with baseball and stuff and or softball and T ball and all that, and she wouldn't go for it. So mm-hmm. well it is very boring. <laughs> I've always thought so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't blame her, I guess. So. If I had to pick between becoming a horseback ninja and a baseball player. Easy decision. I know. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully these are skills that will serve her for a long time in life. Yeah. At the very least, they're going to make her a more interesting person. Yeah. Let's hope so. You don't meet a lot of people who do those things. Exactly. Yeah. I think she's going to start some tennis lessons. Oh, that's cool. Just calling that lighthouse resort that does some of that. Oh, yeah. We had Elsa in those lessons for a little while. It was fun. That's what I was thinking. I used to play some tennis and Mark knows how to play. So I thought that would be something we could all do together. Yeah, that'd be a good family activity. Yeah, it's definitely trying to find ways to keep them busy and get their energy out. Yeah, it's not easy these days, especially. No. Oh, I mean, it's becoming easier again as stuff opens back up. Yes. But yeah, like when trails and stuff were even closed, you couldn't even go hiking. That was a really rough time. Yeah, yeah, to not have any outlet. This place has a lot of good stuff outdoors to do, though. Like during the summer months, it's pretty good. That's what we've really liked living here. You know, compared to Spokane, it's it's an adjustment, right? Because in Spokane, you have three distinct four seasons, a lot mm-hmm. more winter sports. And yeah. Mark's a skier, and we want all the kids to ski. But um, You ski too? I don't. Mm-hmm. I dabbled in it at times, but it's I, don't, I have too much fear of injury and things. <laughs> I've only skied once. <laughs> yeah, Casey skis, um, but I don't. And It's so, very hard. Yeah, and it's just one of those things badly. that I'm like, as an adult, I just don't want anything to yeah. do with it. So, but I because I don't ski, I really want my kids to ski because there are people that you know ski into their eighties and yeah, um, yeah. So, it's safe if you know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Learn yeah. it like young. Don't. Yeah, yeah. So I think next year we're gonna figure out a way to make a concerted effort to do that and go do skiing lessons somewhere. I want to learn how to snowboard. I think that looks like more fun. I tried that a little bit in high school too, and no, uh, 
I thought skiing was the easier of the two, but I was not good at either. Oh, <laughs> uh, everybody says that, but skiing was not easy for me at all. Well, maybe but, you'd be a natural with snowboarding. Uh, the way I figure, skiing I didn't like because you had to face straight down the mm -hmm. hill. You had no like, I, I don't know, it just felt unstable to me. And I'm a side sleeper, so I thought I'd probably be a side slider down the oh. mountain or also. I'm so not I try sure to if sleeping actually like correlates to I think it, I mountain, think it'll, but, I think yeah. it'll relate just fine. I'm going to go with it, and that's what I'm going to try. That would be a good like podcast. Is, yeah. yeah. Have you seen some of those GoPro videos that they yeah. have with people snowboarding? Yeah. I, I would never, even if I did know how to snowboard, I would never, ever try some of those things that they do. <laughs> it's just like, looks like asking for death. It's yeah. It's terrifying. That's yeah, I'm a pretty cautious person, so that's I tend to not like to do a lot of that. Whereas my husband's I'm, not. So. Oh, really? Is he like he's a daredevil? Go on the rope swing guy. Yeah, he's bungee jumped. He's you know he went hiking in New Zealand on mountaineering by himself and like fell off and had to be helicoptered out oh, and shit. things. Yeah, I mean he's pretty adventurous. That sounds pretty adventurous. Yeah, that situation was before I knew him. If if it were after, you would have been with him. Oh, I don't know. I would be pretty mad at him to put himself into a stupid situation like that. Yeah. You know? And now, you know, and everything changes once you have kids, too. It's like mm -hmm. your level of risk. He's not doing mountaineering trips anymore? Not right now. You know, he always likes that. And he used to do some rock climbing. We would do some rock climbing when we were dating. There's a funny story of us after we're married, like me being like stuck on a mountain and not knowing what to do. And me like yelling in the heat of the moment. I only did this because we were dating and I don't really like this. Have you gone since? I don't know. You know, we did it a couple times. Not really. It's just again, it wasn't really my thing. <laughs> You're just trying so, to. Yeah, I'm like, let's just go for a walk or a little hike. You know, mm -hmm. that's thrilling enough for me. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I like thrilling things, but not if it's a chance I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. He has obviously a much higher threshold for dopamine. And mm -hmm. have you ever bungee jumped? No, oh. and I have no desire to. It's fun. I've done it one time. <laughs> I, I would like to go skydiving. That's one thing Mark I still has, want to try. Yeah, he's skydived, and I oh, yeah. I don't want to skydive either. <laughs> yeah, it looks scary. <laughs> yeah, I think you usually like throw up into the face of the person that you're tandem with. Oh, that tandem job doesn't sound great then. <laughs> no, no. Mark's like, I don't know, but I think I did throw up. Uh-huh. Yeah, my friend Jeff, who's like 250 pounds, he went skydiving in Hawaii, and he said his instructor was like a small guy. Oh. Like a 115 pound. Oh. So he's got this guy on his back. And the tandem guy is supposed to be in charge. But it was really like he was just riding Jeff Hilton through yeah. the sky. <laughs> he got a fast ride that time with yeah. that extra weight, huh? But it sounds like fun. I, I'm not afraid of heights. But I think that I remember when I was doing the bungee jumping thing, the moment of trying to step off of the platform, your your genetics are just like, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, it's you not natural. Do that. I would rather skydive than bungee jump. Yeah. I always thought it seemed better because I never like being upside down. Yeah, I don't like that idea of the snap. Yeah. When I did it, it really wasn't a snap. It was almost like you start feeling the tension right after you jump. And the oh, whole thing just so like, it was oh. slowing down. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it was fun. It was it was not. It was like at a carnival the, on a crane or something. Okay. Like not, a, not a real one. Not but. like a bridge. No, <laughs> that's just too scary. Yeah. I would try it, but nah, probably wouldn't. The bridge thing, no. You should have our manager, Katie, on. Here. I should. Yeah. She is very talented. Oh, yeah. I know. I love her work. Yeah. Yeah. She's a talented chef and baker. So. Has she been the baker there for a while? She – so she's not the main baker for us. She does bake things, but we brought her in right away as our manager. So yeah. she came with you. Yep. So we – Tiffany um, had recommended her. She's worked all over. She was the chef for Nancy and Jamila. Okay. And then she had worked for like pickled fish and Shelburne and different things. And then she was working for the co-op at the time that we 
poached her from there, I guess. Gotcha. <laughs> but we're so happy to have Which her. Which co-op? The Astoria co-op. Oh, okay. So she's amazing because she actually knows a little bit more about what she's doing than we do. Because we're just uh-huh. like, oh, we have these great ideas and do this and do that. But the execution of those, you know, it's, yeah. it's probably been somewhat frustrating for her and all the employees of us. Hard to say. <laughs> it's it probably for some, I guess, the ones that quit. <laughs> exactly. But, Sink or swim, right? Yeah. yeah. So I know that. Well, Jeff and Casey had business through the pharmacy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have any – you and Mark have any business experience before um, this? Mark has his own business. He contracts out his OT services. Oh, okay. So he has his own business in that regard, but no. And that's where it's it's been a great, like, thing with family because Jeff is – like, Jeff loves business and that mm-hmm. side of it. He's, you know, like the sociopath that you referenced earlier. That, that's <laughs> probably Jeff. Uh, <laughs> so he has been really good. He kind of is like the business person and then um, he and Mark – you know, they are also like our maintenance people and they work on mm-hmm. the building a lot. And then it's probably a pretty old building, huh? Yeah. It's an inter- it's like two buildings that are connected. And so okay. it's a very interesting building. Yeah. I've never seen the back of that place, just the front. Oh, that... well, you should come in for a tour. I would love to. You should come in since you get up so early sometimes. You should just come in at 2 a.m. and like see the baking, see the whole oh, operation. Cool. I would love to do that. Yeah. And if you want another job, you know, we're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love baking, but I'm pretty busy. The yeah, I see that. But baking's fun. I've always liked it. That's, yeah, yeah. When I was a teenager, I used to bake a lot. Especially as like a diehard bakery fan, mm-hmm. you should come and get like a behind the scenes tour. Yeah, I would love to do that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Is there an upstairs to that place, or is it just no? Just it's a just back the room? the one level. So where do you do? Where do you have an office back there somewhere? There is an office like way in the back. This mm-hmm. and I mean we are just busting at the seams, so there's just stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. Have you had any talks about it moving to another location? No. I mean, that's such like a – it's such a great spot to be right on the main drag there, right? So – but there has been talks of like, okay, where can we get additional storage? There's talks of like doing an expansion. Right next to it. Yeah. And just build build in between. Just connect it to the fun lane. Yeah. That's the nice thing is at least like that alley got shut down. And so now there's Mm -hmm. tables there, which is great because people would whip around that corner and it's just like – I always wondered why that was not closed years ago. Yeah. It's very strange. It's nice to have the tables there and have Mm -hmm. it be a little quieter. But no, definitely – just the growth, the the amount of business that we're doing and the amount of stuff that that takes and trying to find space. And we have way more employees than previous owners. So it's mm-hmm. it's hard. I bet it is. But it seems like it's going really well. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's a positive thing. And it just – it's cool that it's like Dylan's and it's right there and people see her picture with the Dylan donut. And it's just all around. Like it's, it's a really yeah. fun way to honor her in that regard. It is. It is really cool. Is the foundation doing pretty well too? How's that going? Yeah, I think so. You know, we make donations to the foundation based on certain products and things. And then the hope is to build a community center. So definitely. That's where I was going. Yeah, Casey and Jeff would be the ones to talk to about that. But the goal is to have a community center that's like a great place for youth, you know, some covered areas for sports and things. Yeah. Yeah, we've needed something like that for a really long time. Yeah, it does seem to be a big need in this community. Yeah, and especially as the community kind of seems to be growing, real estate mm-hmm. selling, people are coming to the coast from the big cities. Right, and so there's no more like the Boys and Girls Club. That's not yeah. an option for after school anymore. So, yeah. yeah, it's hard. Like I, you know, I have to get Penny every day after school. That There's no after school care. So mm-hmm. limits what parents are able to do. Yeah, it really does. So, yeah. That's different. been an interesting thing like learning here because you – to me, it's just like Ocean Park, Long Beach, you know, but it, there's so many little names along the way. Surfside, yeah. all the Clipson, you know, it's like I, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out where all of those places are. Yeah. So it's like there's Ledbetter, Stackpole, 
Oysterville, Nakata, Surfside, Ocean Park, Clipson, Cranberry area, then Long Beach, Seaview, El Waco. And, you know, then it goes yeah. all out into that's, all the... Yeah, know, that's very intricate Bay. as yeah. an outsider. <laughs> I know. Lots of little tiny communities, yeah. some of which are not even there anymore, but people oh, still refer to them. Like Clipson is just the section of road between Ocean Park and Long Beach. Yeah. It's it's not a town and it may never have been actually. I don't know. Hmm. But it's like the beach approach. It's named Clipson Beach Approach. Oh, okay. It's a weird community. Um, I imagine as yeah. a coming into it from a bigger place, especially like these people are weird. No, <laughs> no yeah. I mean, never thought that, but it's definitely, yeah, it's just a different community. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those communities where it's like small town. So it's a little bit hard to break in, right? Because oh, everyone, yeah. like a lot of your guests, it's like, oh, well, we went to high school together. We go way back and you're like, hey, I'm new here and I don't have any friends. <laughs> you broke in pretty quick. Plus you, you, you guys fell right into like the peninsula elites. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. It's true. Um, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, like my path in was a lot easier than Casey's, right? Because I had Casey. When Casey mm-hmm. and Jeff moved here, which is, you know, something I think she said, I'll never move there, you know, and then they did. And, and that was tough. That was a tough transition for her. Yeah. Casey and Jeff are still intimidating to me. I, I grew up here and I knew who Jeff was long before he knew who I was. I'm quite a bit younger also. Yeah, so yeah. it's like – you weren't the, in school together. and No, yeah. no. But I was – like they're just very important members of the community. Like they run the pharmacy. Everyone knows who they are. It's like they're big names. If you would have just showed up and not known anybody at yeah. all, it would be totally different. It, yeah. You might not have even wanted to stay. <laughs> A lot of people move here and then get depressed and leave. Like sure. it's pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. It's No, I mean, and that was nice because we had a lot of people like Casey's friends have been really welcoming to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, so now I, ha- I have friendships with them. Like, Yeah, that's a nice group of people. Absolutely. I didn't yeah. know any of those people until I got together with Melissa. Okay. Like, I just knew of them, who they yeah. were from living in the same community. But uh-huh. it was like this whole other world of, like, better people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to talk shit on myself, but I always put myself below oh, them. And that's not true at all. And they well, don't think that. I don't so. even mean it as a self-deprecating thing. It's just the way it is. Classes classes exist. Uh, and, yes, um, of course. Like there was like the people who were going to the Kinos for the July parties. That's like the peninsula, you know, the, the upper crust, the, the finest. You guys, you're, you and Mark fell right into that, that group. You guys got lucky. <laughs> well, we're probably misfits in that group then, let me tell no, you. No, you guys <laughs> Yeah. Been great. It, yeah. it's, it seems like it's been a real smooth transition. Well, I hope so. I mean, and that's, I think Mark understands a lot of like small town dynamics from being in a very he small town. He seems like a smart and, guy. Well, and he just, Mark loves to talk to people. So he'll, and he doesn't care what your status is. You know, he mm-hmm. just loves to talk to anyone. That's actually a great uh, example. He's a person who I, uh, remember how I was talking about guys, a lot of times you talk to them and it's just like, you have to kind of feel out their ego. Mm-hmm. Felt zero of that from Mark. Oh, well, that's it, good. Which is nice. That's such an unpleasant trait. Uh, it's hard to get away from with some, but yeah, no. you guys. Mark has no problem like going to the bakery and you know washing dishes and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know. Oh yeah, I think I, the first time I met you guys was at um, Tim and Aaron's. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think that's when the biting parties. incident occurred. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody already seemed to know who you were. Um, well, yeah. I mean, of course, like we've you know I've known Tim since I since Casey and Jeff started. Like Jeff. When Casey and Jeff started dating, I was 15. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I've known Jeff for the better part of my life and his family, thus, you know, so. Yeah. 
So you, yeah, you had some some roots already yeah, started. Yeah, which does help, you know. And that the Harrell family has been so nice to us. Like even if Casey and Jeff are out of town, they invite us to everything. And mm-hmm. so that's been nice because other than Casey and Jeff, we don't have any family here. Mm-hmm. So it's not like either of our parents are here. We don't have like that grandparents that are helping and stuff. So yeah, yeah it's huge. great when people invite you for Easter and things like that. Yeah, it is nice to be part of a community. Yeah. Do you guys think you'll be here indefinitely? You're staying, you're staying for life? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's the plan. That's the one thing we've learned probably through this whole journey is that, like, circumstances can change so rapidly. And, and you know, if anything, this whole thing has made, you know, made us, I think, appreciate life and, like, what's important and rethink things, like, rather than just, like, we're on this wheel and this is what we're going to do. And, you know, I work here and we're paying our mortgage. And it's it was a big wake-up call, I think, for everyone in our family of like, okay, what do I really want out of life and what do I want to do and how do I want to spend my time because it's very limited. Yeah, we're just here for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it definitely puts things in perspective and make you see what's really important. Absolutely. Well, we have been here for two hours and that's usually when we start to wrap it up. Do you have any closing thoughts? No, just thank you for having me on here. It's been fun to hear different voices of the community and like get to even Tiffany, who I, you know, kind of know from going on walks and things with Casey. It's cool to actually hear more of people's past and more mm-hmm. about them as a person. So I think what you're doing is pretty cool. Thank you. It's it's really cool to get to know people. This has been a great opportunity for me just to expand who I know. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people I've known forever, and like you said before, from high school or whatever, but I wouldn't have gotten a chance to sit down and talk to Tiffany or to you or to a lot mm-hmm. of people. So it's been a cool opportunity. And thank you very much for coming and thank you for this box of donuts. You're welcome. I'm going to polish them off by the end of the day. <laughs> you got to share some with your family. Yeah, maybe. There's a couple of Dylan donuts in there. For the <clears throat> okay, kids. Amelia gets one. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, I saw a raspberry sea pod in there too. Yes. That's Sawyer's donut. Okay. And I imagine there's probably a maple bar in there too. There is a maple bar in that's there. That's Elsa's jam. not have a maple bar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is that Dylan's dozen? The... No, that's not a Dylan's dozen. That was handpicked by yours truly. But yeah, we do have the Dylan's dozen now. That's a good mix. It's it a is good a mix. good mix. Um, so before we get out of here, why don't you give everybody uh, your Instagram handle so they know yeah. where to get your donut It's picks. really easy on Facebook and Instagram. It's just at Dylan's Cottage Bakery. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Just now, say it with your chest now. I'm free, can't nobody.